Southside. What's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swavy, and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast. Um, and yeah, we are live, you know, and we will be recapping uh, obviously the finale, Raising Canaan, you know, Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Season 2, Episode 10, the finale. And uh, the name of the episode was If You Don't Know, Now You Know, which is a famous Biggie lyric. No, so (laughs) of course I'm hit. I'm here. I'm joined by uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? (laughs) What's up, indeed? And I am also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to have you here (laughs) as well. (laughs) Southside. <laughs> when you're live, things like this happen. Oh, you know? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, and we're also joined by a special guest as well. You know, the people, the community yes. that they're also Absolutely. joining us. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a pleasure. It's a very special thing to have you all here with us as we do this finale. You know, as we cover the finale of uh, Raising Canaan. Um, and, you know, I see a lot of people in the chat already. There was, you know, a few people waiting. So, you know, big shouts to you, Jeremiah, Inga, Raiwan, Anna, you know, Esther Negron, I see as well. So big shouts to all of you guys. I'm sure more people will roll in as well. Um, and yeah, the, the show is going to just commence as usual. We're going to go through our takeaways from the episode. And then we're going to have the questions and discussions segment uh, after um, you know, for the takeaway segment, you know, we will we'll just be focusing on our own perspectives and getting through that. And then, you know, once we get to the discussion segment, that's when we're going to, you know, uh, respond to the comments and everything like that also. So, you know, if you if you say something interesting, we'll note it and we'll probably uh, speak on it later on in, in the show. But we are paying close attention to everything that's being said. So, uh, you know, be sh- be, be rest assured that, you know, your comment will be acknowledged uh, at some point. So uh, thank you very much for, for participating and being involved. You know, we're very excited to have you guys be a part of this. But, uh, you know, friendly reminder, if you are enjoying this, please do hit the like button. Um, also, you know, consider checking out some of the other content on the channel. I know Dana's been doing a whole lot recently, you know, uh, she's been attending a lot of events and interviewing a lot of notable people and reacting to some interesting movies that are out right now, uh, you know, like <laughs> Black Adam, for instance. Um, <laughs> we're yeah. on TV, y'all, if you did not know, check us out. We're on, we're on uh, the yeah. Black Adam TV spot. Breathtaking action sequences. Yeah, we're amazing. actually on TV, guys. We're like, actually we're in on the TV. Adam, our quote, you know, Dana's quote is in uh, the Black Adam trailer. So after being called a Marvel shell, I am in a Black Adam commercial. <laughs> Interesting, you know. So Dana's making uh, major moves. You know, she actually just came back from an event too. So you know, Dana's Hollywood out here. You know, so yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um. 
yeah, please do, of course, leave your comments, your thoughts and everything like that, all that good stuff. So please, you know, engage with the show and everything. We're sorry it's a little bit late, but we, we did want to do the show live. And we also had some crazy scheduling stuff conflicting. So uh, that's why we're doing it a little bit later. But it worked out perfect because now we get to do the show with the people. you know, And, and now we have enough time to talk about this uh, interesting finale. Uh, <laughs> the best finale to ever finale but sure interesting yeah yeah it, it was really good I, I do have some some thoughts but um i'll get to that in just a sec so let's get to our takeaways uh let's not keep the people waiting too long so uh this week i will be going first with the takeaways the takeaways is where we basically you know just just give our perspective on what we saw in the episode and you know we each give three uh, main takeaways and then you know once we get to our discussion segment we'll, we can elaborate further and have more of a dialogue so uh let's get to it i'm first this week so um so i want to talk about unique because he unique is one of the main pe- per, uh, persons on this show that i was curious to see what would happen in the finale with him because you know he was such like a, a dark horse character like he was he was on the sidelines just kind of like observing and watching what people were doing and like um with soul there was we saw you know at first he was he actually used soul to kind of uh muscle his way into Raquel's business and everything and get involved in the the whole jersey situation but then towards the end of the season we saw that he started to kind of lean more towards Raquel um and and you know trying to uh, I guess cultivate this South Side Alliance um, kind of thing, and then Sol obviously didn't take that very well. So I wanted to see, you know, what was going to be his, what he was going to do in this episode. And and towards the start of the episode, we see that he has an interesting meeting with Raquel at the diner, and you know Raquel's position there is basically, you know, um, we're gonna we're gonna take care of the Sol situation. Um, and she tells him, you know, I've got some other business set up and she actually makes an offer to him. You know, if he wants to be involved in that, then he can be a part of it. Um, and Unique's stance at that time is basically, um, you know, me and Worrell kind of have our own things going on. We're moving on to greener pastures is, is his wording, I think. Um, but he also does make clear that, you know, Saul, Saul is coming. He is going to clap back at them at some point. So, um, you know, that was an interesting scene. Uh, very much enjoyed that. And then, of course, we had Unique, who's kind of flirting. You know, he's kind of throwing some game at Raquel a little bit, um, which was interesting because <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Like, but, but, yeah, so there was a little bit of flirting there going on. Um, and then, you know, later in the episode, um, and one scene that was very interesting was before the whole shootout at the end and everything, um, there was a scene where like some crackhead was causing trouble at Unique and Warrell's spot, um, you know, where, wherever they deal the drugs or whatever. Um, and, you know, Unique had this whole monologue of basically, you know, crack is getting played out now and we need a new game plan and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I really wonder what he, what he would have moved on to next. Um, you know, if the shooting didn't happen, like I wonder what his his whole thinking behind that was going to be. But then, of course, the shooting 
does happen. Sol sends, you know, um, after the, the hit job that Lulu and Marvin did earlier, you know, Sol obviously claps back with his own hit on the family. And uh, before I get, before I continue, let me just say that the hit job that Lulu and Marvin did, that was horrible. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> like, they literally just drove, they drove by and shot at anything. Like, they, their aim was terrible. Like, what were they trying to achieve with that shooting? Like, I, I don't understand. Can, can, I make, can, I make a quick, can I make a quick comment? Uh, when I saw this, I thought of uh, Power, Season 6, Episode 1, where Ghost shoots the car that he thinks Tommy's in. <laughs> just shooting. Don't, don't even know who's in the car. And Tommy must be in the car because they're driving his car. And then he just starts shooting. So go, go, go ahead. Dana. I got Power Force feels. Remember how bad it was when it was trying to kill Tommy the entire time? Oh, yeah. yeah. All the bullets kept hitting the walls. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what they was thinking. Like that. First of all, New Yorkers don't do drive-bys. Like that's a West Coast thing. Like that. Wait, no, a, no. We just had a, no. We had a couple drive-bys. There was one who just happened yesterday, who mm-hmm. was sitting in the car, and the drive-by was so bad, the girl in the car got hit. Oh wow. damn. Okay. I guess I'm wrong. You know, Dana, Dana mm-hmm. had a shooting outside of. What, how 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 was that in your neighborhood or what? No, that's not in my neighborhood, but it was like uh, 30 blocks away. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, maybe they do do drive-bys now. It was three but, blocks away from the hospital, so that's a plus for her. Oh, uh, that, that's good. I'm, I hope everyone's okay, though. You know, She's alive. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and be careful out there as well. But, um, yeah, so, like, my point was, like, though, that that was a very poor drive by like if you're if you're trying to take a hit at somebody like Saul you don't do a, a, a random drive by like that like you it has to be more you see what Saul did at the end of the episode that was like the, the best thing Saul did in this season like it was very orchestrated mm-hmm. he hit all the spots that's that's what they should have been trying to do with the Saul hit okay okay like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want I just want to say to me that felt like a combination of Goodfellas, a combination of Sopranos, all of those shows. And I could tell that the showrunner watches that stuff because the music as well, and then how you played out those scenes. That that was fantastic. But it yeah, was, continue. It was, it was Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. but for black people. Yeah. yeah, whoever um whoever directed this episode, they did a great job as well. I must say, but mm-hmm. um. But yeah, so like that was a horrible hit. But going back to uh, Unique, you know, obviously the hit happens. Warrell gets taken out. Um, <laughs> and then they obviously come for Raquel at the end. And, you know, it looks like Raquel is about to be taken out. But Unique, you know, shows up and saves her at the last moment. Um, so, so yeah, like that... Uh, that was a very interesting ending to the episode. And it feels like, you know, with, with the whole, you know, he, he says he does the whole South side thing, you know, yeah, as soon as he kills the guy, he's like South side. So it, I guess those two are going to have a huge chip on their shoulder in the next season now, because, you know, unique lost Morel and Raquel lost the connect. And, you know, she's kind of losing in the war right with soul right now. So those two, uh, I guess gonna have to team up and try and uh, get some some things 
something's handled uh, because there's more also to to the whole dynamic that I'm going to touch on in a little bit because you know Lulu's head is elsewhere right now, um, so he <laughs> might he might not be a part of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that the whole unique thing like I, I I actually that's one of the things I really enjoyed like his whole journey throughout this season and what he did as like the the dark horse character. Um, so that that's my first takeaway. Uh, we'll talk more on it and, uh, a little later. But then also, you know, somebody else got taken out in this episode. And, and that is Kenya. Kenya didn't make it, you know, um, which is very interesting because that was a very random killing, in my opinion. It was like, wow, like, okay, you, <laughs> she already fell out with Jukebox. Jukebox already, uh, you know, kind of disowned her. Uh, after everything that happened, and now you know she she like I, I just don't know what the logic was behind her her dying. It just felt like really random. She just shows up, gets killed, and I don't even like what I'm really interested in is is how that's going to affect jukebox, and and we are going to talk about that later. But I want to know what her stance on that is going to be because obviously, um, she. She had, she, you know, she has a huge problem with Kenya now for how she treated her. We see at the start of the episode, Jukebox actually uh, beat up the the boy that I guess <laughs> told on her. <laughs> he told on her for for you know yep. uh, being gay and everything, and um, and yeah, so she and and then she moved back in with her father with Marvin. So she, yep. it, it's like she's kind of moving past all of that that happened. And now Kenya got taken out. So I want to know, like, is this going to cause Jukebox to, you know, um, is she going to mourn her mother? Like, is she even going to mourn her? Is she going to be sad about it? Or is she going to look at it as, okay, she was a casualty of war. You know, it it is what it is, you know, because Jukebox does understand the life. She understands the lifestyle that they're living. She understands that they're in the drug game and that these things happen. So I want to know, you know, how is this going to affect her character? What is her take going to be on, on the, the uh, her mother being killed? And is it going to affect her her new bond with her father now? You know, is it going to cause a rift through what they just repaired with, with in their relationship? I don't think it should, because it's not Marvin's fault that that happened. But um, but yeah, I, I'm just wondering what the writers have in store for jukebox with that killing you know that's that's my sense on it like I'm, I'm just wondering what will come of that um but you know there was also a, a, another character that was taken out which is zisa um and you know i have some questions specifically about lulu that we'll get to in our discussions um but i do like that some people died in this episode i do like that because you know a few people got taken out which is good but um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to that. So my third takeaway. Um, so my third takeaway is basically my main critique. And when I say critique, I don't want you guys to think I didn't like the episode because I really liked the episode. Like I liked the finale. I enjoyed it thoroughly. But I just want to point this out about the episode, and it's the fact that. Not a lot was resolved in this in this finale. Like 
not like if you really think about it, not many things were were uh, resolved because Saul is still alive. You know, uh, Raquel still has no connect. Uh, Kanan and Howard, they were uh, they were planning to go and talk to Raquel, which might have been like a, a dinner table scene, but that didn't get to happen because by the time they showed up, every all the shooting happened. So that didn't happen yet. Um, so it, it felt like there's all of these lingering stories. You know, Burke is still being Burke. She's still nosy and in everyone's business. You know, so it, it just felt like that a lot of the, the main stories weren't resolved. So it's like, it's, it's sort of like a cliffhanger, but it's not because it's like, now we have to wait till the next season to really, you know, get some closure on a lot of these things. And don't get me wrong, there are shows where a lot of stories are lingering into the next season, but usually one or two of the main plot points of the season wrap up in the finale. And I feel like that didn't happen at all with this. And I, but I feel like the only two characters that really had a lot of resolution to their stories was Marvin and Lulu. Like those two characters, you know, um, I'm sure Rich is going to say this, but Marvin's story, you know, was probably the best written story in this whole season, you know, like just the way everything wrapped up and came to a close. And then Lulu, you know, he had the whole, he had the whole uh, confrontation or, or argument with Raquel where she was basically like, you know, I own you, you're my property, you know? Um, and then he obviously wasn't happy about that. And he went to the studio and started clearing stuff up saying, you know, he, he's done with everything. And that's when the shooting happened and Zisa, you know, got shot. So I feel like those two stories specifically were handled very well. Um, and I will also go on to say that Kanan in particular was a side character in his in his own show this whole season because everybody else's story was way more entertaining than Kanan. Um, every like Raquel was more interesting, unique. Marvin, Lulu, they were all more interesting than Kanan to me. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, like because yeah. they did a great job. So, but it's just that Kanan, you know, he he, it just felt like he he took more of a sideline. Um. But, you know, that's just an additional comment I'm making. I'm not saying that's a critique, but, you know, it's just an observation. But, yeah, overall, I enjoyed the finale. I enjoyed the season, you know, um, and those are my takeaways from from the episode. So I'm real curious to see what uh, some of the other thoughts will be. And uh, we are going to go to Richard Bailey next to get his takeaways. So take it away, Richard. Okay, uh, <clears throat> excellent takeaways as always, Gary. Let me start by saying I'm seeing a lot of really, really good comments. So we definitely are going to come back and address a lot of these because I agree with a lot of stuff that was said. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go into my takeaways real quick. Um, so <clears throat> as for the comment about Kanan being a side character in the season, I, I understand that, but I also think it, it is meant there is a, a reason for that because they're trying to develop him into the canon that we eventually do find out in the uh, original power. So my first takeaway is about Kanan. In this episode, we did see that he decided that he was going to steal some drugs uh, and sell them, sell them on the corner. And he does. And Marvin confronts him when he decides to do this. Uh, Marvin tells him that he's going to tell Raquel and he doesn't care. He doesn't care because it, it, it's, it's his. 
he is the heir to the throne, so to speak. So he says, this is this is mine. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Now, of course, when he goes out and he starts selling on the corners, he does have his boy famous with him, you know, off in the alleyway. But eventually, Burke, who is the character that I agree 100 percent should have should have met her in by the end of this season. Burke decides to go after him and try to get answers, threatens him, arrest him, takes him to the place that Howard got shot in the park. And then she tries to get answers and say, I need you to confess. Tell me. So Howard is your father, right? And you and you tried to take him out. And of course, he, he pauses for a minute and then he says, no, you, you're not going to do nothing. And I'm not telling you nothing because you're a cop. And of course, they get into a little scuffle and you know, she tries to arrest him on possession. He pushes her away and he runs away. And she says, oh, I know where you live, Canaan. So, of course, he goes back and tells Howard. And Howard is saying, well, now we need to get our story straight. So we definitely need to talk to your mom and make sure we are all on the same page. So I think that was all done because, again, this is a storyline for next season. We did say on the last episode, I believe, that they're probably going to let this linger into next season. So they can try to extend it out as further as, as far as possible. But I think that Burke's this character needs to go because this this character, as we said on this show multiple times, she's crossing the line, asking questions she should not be asking. You know, and then, and then I also find it interesting how Jukebox tells her in this in this episode, you need to watch your back because there's people in your own department that don't that they, they, they have their eyes on you. I thought that was very interesting because. I didn't know how Jukebox caught caught on to any of that based on what we have seen so far in the show. But that was a very interesting comment. And I think now Burke is going to be a little bit more careful going into season three. But we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I thought that was an interesting takeaway as far as Kanan's story. Because now, you know, you have to get to the heart of the story. And I, and I want to see how they're going to stretch this out further. I really don't think there's much else that they can tell in terms of this story, in terms of, Burke fighting out the truth. They just have to deal with Burke because she's a problem. So hopefully she gets taken out early next season. Uh, <clears throat> my next takeaway, this goes to uh, one of Gary's favorite characters. And, I, and it's also a character that I did see a lot of people had a lot to say uh, about in the uh, comments. Uh, Lulu. All right. So he finally finds out in this episode that uh, Raquel basically took crown's percentage and that was agreed upon that she, that she would take his percentage if something was to happen to him now i want to say that was great because as a viewer we never saw we we saw the interaction that crown had with raquel but we never saw her agree and actually go through with this so that was great that they held that up and, and, and honestly you kind of see this from two perspectives because raquel she's been giving lulu money this entire time to fund that business and you would think as, as somebody that has has a vested interest you are you going to want more than just giving somebody money so it makes sense but then of course when they have their little interaction towards the end of the episode and she also tells lulu yes i made a mistake and i killed scrappy when really his mom was the was the person that knew all this entire time about what was going on so and then you see lulu's reaction he just, you know, Malcolm Mays is a, is a good actor. I did kind of laugh when I saw that expression on his face, though. Like, he's just completely broken from what happened. But I do agree that Lulu has to get it together and figure out how he's going to approach things. 
And I thought it was very telling line that Raquel tells him in this episode where she says, I own you. She said a little bit more than that. I'm not going to say that, obviously, because, you know, I'm not going to say that on this show. But, yeah, she says that she owns him. So Lulu does go back, try to go back and do the whole music thing with Ziza. And, of course, what happens? Ziza gets killed. That's also interesting because at the beginning of this episode, when we see Ziza, we, we found out that her parents, they wanted her to stay away because they thought that what happened to Cartier could also happen with the music stuff. So it does happen. That's a big issue that Lulu going to have to deal with next season. Uh, obviously, he, he wants to get out from under Raquel, but now he has a lot more he is going to have to worry about. So I'm curious to see how they resolve that issue moving forward. But uh, it's going to be an interesting story next season because, again, you have all these murders that happened. You have Crown, the fact that he was killed, the fact that they found the business card. You have now Ziza, who was also dead. You have Cartier, who was dead. And you still have the record producer that uh, Lulu, you know, basically forced him to put her music on the air. So that guy is still alive. So, I mean, this is none of this is good for Lulu. If he ever was called in as a witness to ask if something's up with that with that company, he's going to rat out Lulu. So I'm very curious to see what happens. But he has a lot going on next season. Uh, so let's see what happens. Uh, my final takeaway is about Jukebox. There's a, quite a bit that happened with her in this episode. And I think, again, the actress does a fantastic job of switching on and becoming a different character. Like, we saw how she was around her mother. Then you saw how she was when she beat up Corey. And I laughed at that scene. That was hilarious. Uh, because that's the jukebox that we know from the OG power. That's her personality, how she just whooped him. And then, you know, but, 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 it, I, but I believe that was important to show that because a question people had was how did Kenya know that Jukebox was a lesbian? They never really alluded to that. So now you know Corey is the one this whole time when he got close to her to really see what she was all about. So he played a role in that. So I'm glad he got what, what he got in this episode. He Well-deserved. Um, but you see, yeah, she, she beats him up. She Then she ends up getting arrested. You know, Burke bails her out. And then, of course... When Burke does that, she, again, desperate for for information, is asking what's going on with all of this. Is Kanan and and Howard, are are they related? And again, Jukebox does not tell her that. But she does say, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. And then we see later in this episode, she does go to Nicole's dad and tells tells him that she is the one that, that, that Nicole stole the drugs from her, that Burke did not give her the drugs. So that was important. Now, I don't know what the dad is going to do with that information next season. Um, he he cut, was kind of taken aback. He didn't believe that she was telling the truth, but he was taken aback by that. So I'm curious to see what comes of that. And then finally, as you mentioned, Gary, we do see that uh, Jukebox does go back home and she moves back in with Marvin. So I really like what they did with her character in this particular uh, episode. But the last point that I will make is that, as you mentioned, Gary, Marvin's storyline for this entire season, I was the best story because it had a beginning and a middle and an end. We knew already the conflict that he had going into the season. He had to go through the anger management. And it's just so awesome how the exercise that he learned from Renee pretty much saved his life because he used that technique on the guy that was in the wheelchair. And that same guy 
being the one to have compassion to let him in at the very end. It looked like he was going to get shot or he's going to get caught. That was just fantastic writing across the board. Because I'm pretty sure when people saw that interaction earlier in the season, they were probably like, maybe you see it and you just observe Marvin's trying to change, but you never think that person also plays a role in saving him later. That's just, that's excellent writing. So I have to say that. But uh, overall, uh, I do agree. I thought it was an excellent finale. I think the point you made, Gary, about some stuff not being resolved, I I do believe that is correct, but I also believe that that was intentional because they want to have some stuff to talk about next season. But uh, I thought it was a good finale. Uh, I think, yeah, definitely definitely one of the better finales that I've seen in quite a while. So I look forward to seeing what happens next season. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, and they do have a lot, a lot to get into next season now. So, you know, they got a lot of content there. They shouldn't struggle too much with the writing. Um, but, yeah, um, we'll, uh, you, you said a lot of interesting things that we're, we're definitely going to get to, and the people are also reacting with some interesting statements. So, yeah, I can't wait to uh, get to our discussions. But first of all, you know, Christmas has come early. Dana, (laughs) she's wearing the the Christmas, the Santa hat. So Dana, uh, hit us with your takeaways. I'm going to hit you with my best shot and I'm going to fire away. Um, Richard stole my first one. Um, Your last one is my first one. So what I want to do is kind of break this down in life lessons. Because as I was watching this series, I'm like, My takeaways are all life lessons that they just sprinkled about what really goes on in life. No matter where you are, even if you're like, I don't know what a drug is. I can't spell drugs. Um, First of all, that whole scene with the man in the wheelchair, it took me a second to realize what was going on. Because remember, he was knocking on someone else's door. And whether or not the person was in there, that door was not opening. And instead... It was the guy who was in the wheelchair. And to me, that was the most special moment in the entire series. Because while you guys was like, yeah, he's just did a smash. No, he was just there to listen. And even if you watch that scene with Renee, because remember it was after the meeting and then that's when she met her demise by being shot and being the innocent. She wasn't innocent, but she was someone who was great importance of this season. And that was the lesson that she bestowed upon um, upon him, upon Marvin. And basically it's just show people kindness without that wanting to react, even if something is not going your way, show people kindness because you never know how that will, will come back to you, how that person can later bless you in the end. And that was the biggest blessing of it all because Marvin was gonna die in that hallway. And the fact that he was like, hey, yo, come on, man. And he risked his own life, too. To open your door during a drive-by, a a walk-by with the Italians um, was amazing. So rest in peace, Renee. Thank you for your knowledge and your wisdom. And thank you, Marvin, for actually listening. And it showed he was listening all throughout. So yay for that. Another one has to go with... um, You know, we all heard of the phrase, blood is thicker than water. Well, sometimes that blood can go bad. It gets a little clotted and you have to run away. Um, That whole situation with Lulu, it reminded me of like, you remember that little five-year-old kid? I don't like you, mommy. I'm running away from home. 
And that's was basically how his whole disposition shifted after, you know, he found out what was really going on with, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting names all of a sudden, but was going on with the sister, Raquel. Wow, that's weird. Um, so that whole situation of him packing up everything and he was like ready to just run out here. And I really felt that at that moment, had he had the opportunity, he would have gotten on that bus that the crackhead didn't go on, Sam. Um, so that whole situation, I asked Marvin, not Marvin, sorry, Malcolm Mays, who plays Lulu, you know, what is going to happen with that family dynamic? Will we see a shift in the character? Because your sister is, she's not very nice. At that time, I didn't know how much of a demon she was towards him. But he did say, you know, we're going to start seeing a massive shift. He's not going to be there anymore. And not necessarily like the show, but in terms of gelling with that family unit. Remember, even though Raquel disrespected him throughout this entire season, you have a breaking point and there is a moment when you have to stand up for yourself. And so I hope that in season three, that's what we're going to get. Marvin standing up for himself. Um, remember, he almost died because of Raquel's actions also. So I really liked what they were doing with this. We're seeing a separation of the family. Um, we're seeing parts of family come together at the end, but we're also seeing them go away. Also in terms of blood is thicker than water, unless that blood is all clotted and yanky and janky. Kenya, that was the most hilarious scene. And it always reminds me of something my mother says, don't always be running to people's houses because you never know what they have going on. And this is also why my mother would never let me do sleepovers when I was a kid. I was like, no. And this is why you don't know what's going on in people's houses. Her whole intention, her whole goal was to go there and speak to Raquel mother to mother, right? Yes, I admit what I did was maybe she was there to apologize. Maybe she was going to say, I've seen the action of my ways. I deeply apologize. Can I start over? Maybe I was going to get my dinner seen. But you know what? She got caught up in Raquel's BS by pushing her away. Well, trying to come back into the, her daughter's life, probably. Wanting that, I want to speak to you, led to her death. And the most hilarious thing that they did for me was the fact that, remember, she walked in to go into the house. She said, duck down. She was kind of slow to respond because nobody really thinks I'm going to get hit in the drive-by shooting. So she was slow to respond. She got, <clears throat> she got all fired up, right? And she lands on that hallway and they left her right there. It really wasn't no reaction. It's not her, oh, okay. And then remember when later on, after we had the whole South Side, that meant that Unique not only just walked in, he walked over the body of Kenya, which was hilarious. And then when we also had Howard and um, Kanan, and then we had the other two that came in. So this is like, boom, here's the doorway, right? Boom, she fell down. And they literally just walked over her body. Oh my God, what is happening? And then walked out to go flee out the house. So her body's still there. And I felt that she dirt. What she did was so vile and so vicious that I thought that was deserving of the character was to literally just be discarded as trash. Um, not even like, oh no, she's dead. How sad. She wasn't even a thought. 
And I honestly think her body is still right there to this day. Season three, you'll just still see a corpse just rotting in that hallway. Um, so I think that they did it very well for that one. Also, what was really interesting to me was the fact that there was the power dynamic within that scene of um, Raquel and Lulu saying, I own you. It really much felt like this was Tommy and Ghost. Instead of stab, stab, what was it? Stabby, stab. It was, I own you. And they always had that, which is why they always kind of fought against each other. But I think unlike Tommy right now, Tommy had to walk away because now everybody is dead. But in this case, Marvin is going to walk, not Marvin, Lulu is going to walk away because you just have to choose yourself. There's no winning with Raquel at all, which is also why this show was so unpredictable and the life that they lead is so unpredictable. I could have swore hand on Bible, Raquel's dying. I legit thought because I'm like, well, she's not there in the power original series. He never really mentions anything after that. So I'm like, well, this is pretty early to take her out, but that's life. And then what you had instead was um, unique coming through. Boom. Who I really thought was going to be jukebox, but instead it was unique and it was kind of building on that. And it really felt to me like a dysfunctional family, like, no one can kill you but me. No one can pick on you but me. We're family. We don't like each other. We have some issues, but no one is going to cross you but me. And that's what I really loved. Um, keep your enemies close. That's what it was. That whole situation, exactly what it was. And that's what I really loved. And Unique really came through for that entire episode. So, and what I loved was he was kind of quiet and silent in the corner and you didn't really know what was going on. And I think the fact <clears throat> that they killed Rorel kind of just meant that no one was safe because remember that was his bestie. Well, we're going to build this together. It was always a together. It was never like <clears throat> me, 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 or even me, me, me. And then I'll bring you along. It was always a we. And the fact that they killed his we, you know, it really made him wanted to go against the Italians. So he did. And so that's just kind of what I really loved. And you knew at any moment, like we said earlier, that just because you're friends with the Italians doesn't mean that they want to do any business with you. Um, you always had that layer of racism. So I really like that whole aspect. And then really quickly, I just got to shout out who who's the boss? And it ended up being Tony Danza, literally. <laughs> yep. Like, I scrumped the biggest scream when I saw that. I'm like, oh, my God, it's him. He's 71 years old. And he looks fantabulous. And he actually being the boss was just hilarious. So those are my takeaways. I, Wait, I where, love where is he from? What's he from? Who's, who's the, boss? the boss? The show is show, the show. Show us who's the boss. Okay. So. And, and, and by the way, they, they already confirmed he's coming back for season three. So. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. So I'm happy to see him working. And he's 71 years old and he looks fabulous. <laughs> and I haven't heard anything about him. So we're not canceling Tony Danza. So yay. Oh, also really quickly, I know you said three, but side note, here's the thing that's going to really bother me. I don't understand Burke's in game. 
I don't like, I can understand what you was trying to put together the pieces and maybe you thought you would come to Howard and he'd be like, oh my God, I didn't know. Thank you for besties. But the fact that everybody already knows and she seems to be the last one to know everything and even he's like, I don't care. I don't understand what your end game is. That's the problem that I have with the show. What is your end game? Even if it was something stupid, I don't know what your end game is. So that's it. Yeah, and I, I was hoping we would get like more of a wrap up of that, but now we gotta wait a whole another year to see, you know. But I agree. And um let me just say that uh, you know, <laughs> the Kenya, the whole Ken Kenya thing, I was like I had to really contain myself because I was about to crack up. <laughs> like because that was hilarious that everybody just kept walking past her body like that. Like <laughs> unique walk past her. And then at the end, they walk past to come out and meet Howard and Kaden. Like, that, that's just hilarious that she's just lying there, you know? She's just um, shot up. That's hilarious. <laughs> they did her so good. That was, like, the best death. Because, one, she deserved to die. Just for being <laughs> Like, that's how you do a pure, innocent death. And But it would be, like, hey. See, when Renee died, yeah, we got it. She was the innocent. But we wouldn't even grieve it because we didn't know her. Like we did, she was like, oh, yeah, she's the therapist or what, what the anger management. Okay, cool. But then later on after she died, we really realized the impact that she had. Kenya had no impact aside from you're a bee. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, excellent takeaways there. So we are going to, uh, you know, discuss all of these uh topics in just a second and, and we'll involve some of the comments as well from the people um but yeah before that just friendly reminder again you know if you're here you're enjoying the show please do hit the like button it's very important um and also you know take the time to check out the channel and uh subscribe also and you know all that good stuff so friendly reminder um and yeah so so let's let's get right into it then because you know there is a lot to talk about we might be here for a while to be honest with you so <laughs> i don't even know where to start so let me see um okay so let's start with raquel right um and you know the people can chime in you guys can chime in on these topics too and we'll uh include some of your comments um so we saw in this episode that, you know, Raquel, she she went into this episode thinking she had control of everything, right? Because they just took out uh, 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 Farid, you know, Cartier Farid. And, um, you know, she went behind his back to to lock in Tremont into, into a deal or whatever. So she thought she was in control of everything and she was about to expand. She was going to let Unique join and all that stuff. But then, you know, she meets with Tremont and finds out that he sidestepped her to go right to the, the connects, which is, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joaquin and Juliana. And, you know, during that meeting, you know, when, when uh, Raquel goes to confront uh, Joaquin and Juliana, it's clear that Juliana is the one really pulling the strings here. Like she was the one that really pushed for this to happen. And then, you know, it, there's even a moment where, uh, you know, Ra Joaquin, talk, they, they start talking in Spanish and he's like, you know, Raquel is going to be a problem. And Juli Juliana was like, so am I, you know. So <laughs> the question is, like, is this something that is going to, you know, be a main point of season three where it's Raquel versus Juliana? Is that the main conflict we're heading to? 
And what was you going to say, Rich? I saw you signaling. Let, let me just start off by saying I laugh when I saw that interaction because he said <laughs> she's dangerous. And she said, yeah. oh, so am I. This character yeah. is the character that Raquel saved last season. Ungrateful. So I, I, that's why I laugh how all of a sudden she now has said, oh, I've I got a backbone now and I can retaliate. When it comes to, you know, killing somebody, though, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Raquel got her beat. So, but yeah, uh, I, I just want to say I, I like this, how they set this up, because the trade my character looked like he was just like a little sidestep. Somebody working with Cartier, and then you see they had a scene where he got roughed up by Cartier, obviously off camera, and then he comes back, and then they, they try to make it like this character is just like a middleman. He He's tired of working for Cartier. He wants to get out and do his own thing. Then they did have a scene in that same episode where Raquel started to watch him closely that they also were following. They were following Raquel when she the last time she met up with Joaquin and Juliana. And you saw the other guy, I believe his name is, is Abraham, is, is uh, Abraham, his uh, his associate said, oh, I, I think I want to try to get up, you know, try to try to try to link up with uh, Juliana. So they absolutely 100 percent set that up perfectly. And they have now a whole nother villain that they have to worry about in addition to finishing off Sal. So this is great going into season three. Um, however, I don't think that Juliana, when it comes to having to kill somebody, she can definitely talk and set it up, but she's not going to be the one to pull the trigger. At least I don't think so yet. You know, they, have, they haven't shown me enough of the character to actually do that. And she's very scared of Unique. So now she knows that Raquel... It has aligned herself with Unique. Then I think she's going to be obviously. She already didn't like the fact that she was still working with Unique, but she has a motive. So it made sense how they lined it up together. How that was the whole reason why she turned against her because she said, "Remember what she said. This is weakness." You said that to her as soon as she saw she was still talking to Unique. So I look forward to seeing what happens next season. But yeah, th- this is great as far as giving them a whole bunch of adversaries they need to worry about going into season three. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now that they're, they're going to have a whole lot to deal with between Saul and now, you know, potentially Juliana and uh, uh, and Tremont, you know, because I'm sure they might uh, also return and be part of this conflict. So, um, but Dana, what do you think about, you know, this whole Juliana and Joaquin thing? This whole Juliana Joaquin thing is really interesting because previously, like I told you about the life lessons and that this show taught you to be kind to people because you never know what's going to happen and in and how they can repay you when you most need it. This is also a juxtaposition to show that even if you help people, they still going to be raggedy bums and then try to use you. Juliana is that raggedy bum. Remember, she came to Raquel. Oh, my God, my husband's beating me. And then now look at this. Oh, I'm sitting at the table. I'm better than you. I'm going to come. We own everything. <laughs> and they probably set it up with, we got the Italians against you. Like, really? It just shows you how ungrateful people really are. And also it shows you, like, you know, power, and you never know when people are really coming for you and who you can and cannot trust. But I just, like, Juliana is just the level of raggediness. Like, you sitting there crying to her because your man beating you, but now all of a sudden you sitting up there with your weird-looking cousin who, as someone previously said before, Jeremiah, they look like weird cousins. That's because they're them Game of Thrones cousins. Like, what the heck is going on with that situation? So she she earns her death. We're going to Kenya her, too. She can be in a doorway. 
Uh, I agree 100%. I just was just going to add one, one thing. And let's also not forget about Dean, the character that uh, when Unique mm-hmm. tried to get back in. So Unique also has some people he can go after too next season. So And don't forget about the grandma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, gra- gra- grandma. grandma knows everything. Grandma going to get got. <laughs> See, I want grandma to turn. Let grandma be the queen pin of this whole thing. <laughs> I'm I'm all for that. Uh, for for grand for grandma being the real uh, queen pin, like I'm all for that. But but Rich, you said uh you you said Unique is gonna try and get back at Dean, but I kind of feel like they might need Dean now because there's no connect. You know, like Ra- uh, Raquel doesn't have a connect, and if Unique is partnering partnering with her, maybe you know it's a situation where Unique will have to make amends with Dean, like and get back on his good side. So that they have something, you know, that they can sell. Well, he said he um, wanted to work with him, but he doesn't have any partners. So you, you, that's where Raquel steps in. Exactly. Yeah. So. So then, basically, well, well, they're Tommy and what's your face? But how how Tommy is that going to work? It how is that going to work if Raquel doesn't have a connect either? Though they um, they have no they have no uh, value to Dean right now, but that might change. Mm-hmm. You know. This is what sure. I say. Don't kill Cartier. You kill Cartier too early. You and you deserve why the fact that everybody screwed you over because you thought you was bigger and better than everybody, but you was actually too raggedy. You started to show your true motives way too early. And then you got kept out of everything. Everybody else is running stuff and you got cut out of the entire deal because you showed your hand too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless something happens with one of them, they go to go to Maryland and D.C. and some other places. Can she figure out what was really going on with Cartier and try to undermine them again? Yeah, I, I do want to point out as well, like in that scene where Marvin and, and Raquel were meeting with uh, Tremont and, and Abraham or whatever his name is. Like, I, yeah. I like that, you know, Raquel was kind of so she was so into her power trip and her moment of control that, you know, it was Marvin that realized what was happening before her. You know, he was like, oh, they sidestepped us. Like, he was the one to basically say it because it was almost like Raquel couldn't believe what was happening for a moment until, you know, he said it that, yeah, they they, they went around us. Um, so I, I like I like how they played that in that scene. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like um, they're either going to get some help from Dean or they might even, you know, because there's loads of uh, wholesale drug sellers out there. Like there's loads of connects. So they might introduce a new character, a new player, you mm-hmm. know, into this the series next season or something. So it will be interesting to see uh, how they how they play that. But what was you going to say, Rich? Oh, no, I was going to give a shout out to SJ Smith. The comment about Dean didn't want to work with Rock because he couldn't trust her and Unique is too hot. So uh, I, I definitely want to see. Dean is definitely going to come back. And, and also Jeremiah did say that, that, you know, Kanan did say that Dean was violent. So we have to see that at some point. Cause I believe, yeah, that was said as you know, when they were introduced to character in the very beginning. So uh, we have to see where they're going with that, but uh, there's a lot of different directions that they can go. Um, I'm just curious to see what happens. And, and, I, and again, I just want to add that I do like how everything resulted with that part of the storyline, because for this entire season, we saw that Raquel was ruthless. She was in full control about everything. So they had to, she had some, she had to take some kind of loss by the end of the season. So she loses the connect and she also got shot too. She got wounded a little bit. So I, I think uh, 
that kind of balances everything out because a lot of people were saying that it felt like this entire season she had full control, but you knew something was going to happen at some point to make things a little difficult that she you didn't see arrogant. coming in that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And um, shouts to Inga as well, because uh, she made an interesting comparison because she said, um, <clears throat> you know, when Raquel had her little breakdown where she, she tossed the flowers and everything uh, after she lost, you know, she lost everything with the connect. She said it reminded her a lot of uh, uh, Franklin and Snowfall. And yeah, I agree. It's, it's, oh, a, it's yeah. a little like, it's, it's almost yep. like what happened to him, you know, so. I just want, yeah. well, I just want to say that's an excellent comparison. If anybody isn't watching that show, they need to watch that show too. That's fantastic show for sure. Snowfall. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, um, so on the matter of Raquel as well, uh, while we're talking about her, so, uh, there was a scene earlier in, in, in the episode where, uh, you know, Kanan and famous, obviously they got their own apartment and they're struggling with rent. So Kanan goes to actually, uh, steal some of the product from, you know, right under Marvin's nose, you know, which is Raquel's stuff. Um, and then, you know, Marvin goes and tells uh, Raquel about it. And, you know, she says, I'm gonna handle Canaan. I want you to handle the, the Italians and stuff like that. Um, so uh, clearly she had some, you know, plans for how she was gonna deal with Canaan. And uh, obviously a lot happened after that. But what do you think is going to be the situation now between, you know, where's the relationship going to be? Because this is something else that we didn't really get a full resolution to, like the whole, you know, bond between these two, the whole relationship dynamic with, you know, Kanan and, and Raquel and Howard. Like we didn't, obviously they, you know, Howard and Kanan said they were going to go and see her, but we didn't really get that because the show ended. But, you know, what is going to be the dynamic now between, Kanan and Raquel after everything that's happened. So um, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, and uh, Dana, are you able to, to go first? Uh, or do you want me? me to go to Rich? Yeah. Oh, can you not yeah. hear me? Okay. Yeah, we hear you. So the question was about the, okay, so here's the thing. I love the dynamic. I didn't think it was like, because remember, not like how he was like a crackhead more. Where's my son? Where's my son? I got to talk to my son. Right. I love the dynamic that they have slowly started to build. See, when you stop being thirsty, things can happen naturally. And they are slowly building that relationship between Howard and. And remember, when he got when he was upset with Raquel and, you know, famous keeps his house like basically Sam the crackhead. He went to Howard and was like, look. This is what's going on. And in a way, he like asked for advice and they bonded and they started to relate to things. And I really like that dynamic. Now, my issue, I wonder if Raquel is going to get in the way of that. Raquel is very protective of Howard. And also I can see him being very jealous of Howard and building that relationship, especially now that that relationship between her and Kanan is fractured even though he like, she's the one who like caused it to be fractured in the first place. But she's very protective, and I wonder if she's going to start doing things to get him a more away, trying to get him away from Howard. But what else can you do aside from straight-up kill him, which you already did that before? 
So you can't sit and say, oh, he's grimy and creepy. He already, remember, Kanan already knows this. Raquel kept saying, yeah, you, it's kind of like when Howard, he, he raped R Raquel. You can really just look at it that way. And then there's that weird dynamic that they have. But so far, between Howard and Kanan, everybody's secrets is already out in the open. And they have more ways to build. Now, the thing is, is at the end, that can change everything because remember we saw, I thought I was getting my family dinner. They thought they was going to probably get the family dinner treatment, but instead they came there and, you know, they got Kanan in the hall, well, not Kanan, Kenya in the hallway, all shot up and Raquel's limping and, and pimping. And then you have um, Unique running around saying Southside. So that could bring them all closer together as a unit, because if you look at everything right now, they all need to stand with each other, except for Lulu. He needs to go away. I mean that in a good way. Um, they're all they all need that bond in order to build up and figure out something of what they're gonna do for season three. And I think it's best if they work together right now, even though they're bickering internally, they need that strong family unit because if they continue the way that they are now with season two or season three, how it was in season two, it's not going to work. So this is why we have people like Unique and Raquel teaming up. And we have um, Kanan and Howard kind of being, forming some type of closeness together. And then you have also um, Jukebox and Marvin. They're, they're slowly building. What I do love about Marvin's side note is the fact that he's listening and he's so careful with his words now. And I just love that about him. He's not perfect, but he's trying and he's recognizing when he makes mistakes and they have that cute little, it's okay. I get with it. I understand what you mean, you know? So I loved how they're do doing with that. Um, I hope he, he ends up making it because we don't know what happened in that apartment. I hope it don't bleed out and he's okay. But this whole just situation, I really think that they just need to have a bond as crazy it may, it may be. We can save my dinner. I don't even think I need a dinner scene. How crazy is that? Because everyone's secrets are kind of already out in the open. Kenya's dead. So boo you. Nobody wants you anyway. Go away. Kenya's dead. Howard and Kanan have kind of, they already know where they stand. They made up. Howard is and knows exactly what's going on with Burke. I'm pretty sure that um, Jukebox, she just warned her as like Burke as a thank you, but she doesn't really care, care whether or not she ends up being fired from the force or if they set her up to take the fall, even though she warned her, she's not like going to be like, oh my God, I'm crying. So right now we're back to kind of, in a way, we're back to season one. Remember that whole pizza table scene? where we had like everybody's happy and we eating pizza and we're the Brady Bunch. We're a fractured Brady Bunch, but we're, we're, we're brunching. We got some bruises on us, but we're still a unit, except for Lulu, who needs to go away in a good way. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like what you said about, um, you know, this whole shooting, uh, possibly bringing everyone together more. Um, I like that. Like, you know, maybe it will be like a, an Avengers moment where this the start of the next season, everyone's, you know, everyone's around the table discussing how they're going to deal with everything. <laughs> yeah. And and um, Jeremiah actually said something um, 
Uh, he said uh, Jukebox and Canaan are going to have to be in the family business now because they need soldiers. And, you know, we saw a lot of soldiers got taken out. Like, more people died <laughs> than we named. Like, you know, because all of basically all of Marvin's team got murked in the shootout. You know, yep. so, like, they did lose a lot of soldiers. Um, so they're going to need more people involved because they've, they've got heat from Saul. They've got, uh, you know, the other... Uh, the the, 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 I forgot his name already, but the, the new character they introduced that you recognize from the other show, he's there now. Um, and then, you know, they have... That's Stefano. That's it. Yeah, Stefano. Tony Stefano. Dan Stefano. Mm. Yep. Stefano, there you go. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, they might have Juliana to deal with and Tremont and them. So I, I, like, I do like that, you know, Kanan might be forced to take more responsibility in the whole family um, thing and maybe even Howard will be on be in on it because I mean he kind of has to be because the Burke situation is still there so he yeah. has to work with them to kind of make sure that things don't escalate and that you know uh, because they have a lot of history that they don't want getting out so so yeah I do like that whole uh, idea that they're gonna have to come together um, after this whole shooting and everything. Um, but Rich, did you have any thoughts on uh, on that? Like what might happen next with, you know, Raquel and Kanan and the whole family dynamic? Uh, I do have a thought. I just want to make a quick comment first. I, I agree 100% with what Inga71 said. The scene where you see that, uh, you know, that Raquel is about to get shot and she gets saved by Unique. I definitely thought that was Howard that saved her because they were on the way in the car. So that, again, that's a great job because you saw them on their way. It could have been Howard. But uh, I just want to say, um, in terms of how this all played out in, in the end, I you know, I think that, yes, Howard has to cooperate with them, you know, to the extent, because I think right now the main point is that Howard and Kanan and Raquel, they got to get on the same page with the story that they tell Burke. But at the same time, the body trail left in this episode, the police are definitely going to investigate. You had crackheads getting shot. You had people getting shot at, you know, you had, you had, of course, Kenya, Dana's favorite character getting killed. You had a whole bunch of people getting killed. So it's like the police have to investigate what is going on with all these murders, because, you know, it, it kind of like there's too many people that got taken out. I, I, so I would expect them to, when, when the show returns, you know, there's a lot of stuff that Howard has to try to clean up. It's not just explaining this story of Raquel and Kanan. But also, how do you explain all these all these people getting killed? And it is connected. So I want to see how they tell that story. Uh, go, 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 go ahead, Dana. This is actually a brilliant, wonderful thing in which I love. Like if we become a family, we have different dynamics that we can do our things because you need that mm -hmm. cop. You need that little dirty cop who's like your bestie that can get you away and, you know, get out of things because of these entire, all these dead bodies and the Italian, the Italian. I love that whole part. <laughs> anyway, so you have all these different wars that's going on. Um, you need that cop to be like, mm -hmm. no, this is what happened. And we can frame it on this one. And Juliana ain't dog poop. So it actually is her killing. You need that person. And then on top of that, I don't know how this is going to sound, but the way this force has portrayed some of the police officers, not saying all, but just some, <laughs> they're corrupt anyway. And even, let's just say, 
the police chief may be aware what really happened with Howard. We may not know that he's Kenan's son, but may be aware that, you know, you've gotten too close to an informant or two. Um, they really seem to be, I'm not going to say okay, unless it actually jeopardizes their jobs. But as a whole, they protect their own as opposed to mm -hmm. the outside. And if Howard is on Team Raquel, they may be less inclined to investigate certain things unless that's Raggedy Burke. So this is where Raggedy Burke can actually cause more problems than good. Because if, for example, she's, remember the whole thing originally was, I want to find out what really happened. I'm trying to protect you because you got shot. What happens now if it's, I'm trying to get rid of you because you, you won't tell me what happened because you got shot. So now she's going to start digging deeper. This is when we're going to really have to have the police force go against Burke. And this is how Howard can help put those little whispers in everyone's ears because she's already pissing people off. She has the captain who she already can't. He's, he can't stand her. And nobody else really can. And I don't think they're willing to lose their jobs for someone who wants to be an independent internal affairs that we still don't know the end game to. So this just sets up Burke taking the fall even more, and it's going to be lovely. I don't want her to die. I, I just want her to take the fall and end up in jail. Oh, no, I think I think the character needs to get taken out also at some point. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just want to make a quick comment, then we'll, then we'll go to you, Gary. Uh, I really, really like what you both said, as well as the commenters, about there being a team up. Because, again, just like you said, Howard is needed. This is once again a parallel to the original power where Angela went above and beyond. Try to, let me try to protect Tariq so that he doesn't go to jail. And you see how she was able to work with Tasha to try to make that make sure that everything stayed. So she was willing to cross the line as well. So I, it makes a hundred percent sense for them all to team up at to team up going into season three. I think for sure. But you know we have to see how the storyline uh, unravels because they're, they're probably going to play around and do some things a little bit differently so that it's not completely like the original power, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how they, how they approach it for sure. Yeah, indeed. Um, and uh, I, I think that will be a nice kind of a palette reset for the start of the next season for, you know, them to kind of all be together. Maybe we maybe it will even start with the dinner scene, you know, with Dana's dinner scene. <laughs> yeah. um, them around the table discussing things, airing out their dirty laundry and all that, you know, maybe that's how it starts. And then uh, we get kind of like a, a, a clean slate of, okay, this is what we need to do to get the power back. So yeah, go ahead, Dana. I'm, I'm starting to think about it more. What if we replace the scene with a therapy session? Marvin. Cause yeah. it helped what Marvin. It'll help the family. Yeah. So you mean like he'll uh, he'll recommend that they have therapy, or or will he be giving therapy? <laughs> well, he, he's the one. He's the one leading <laughs> that, that meeting. <laughs> he's yeah. leading yeah. The, the meeting and therapizing everyone. Well, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if maybe maybe Marvin and Lulu aren't actually a part of that anymore. Because, like, with Marvin, it seems like he wants to go on more of, like, an honest path, like, and just 
be you know jukebox's his dad like he just wants to you know be on the straight and narrow kind of thing and lulu he he seems like he just wants to get away from raquel at this point you know so i wouldn't be surprised if they're not actually a part of it anymore but then it catches up to them eventually and and they they still have to be a part of it anyway um but but see what i wonder is raquel is not gonna let them go remember that whole i own you she let also with mine. So I agree. Raquel is not going to let them go, and they still have to deal with the Italians. Until that issue is resolved, nobody can really go on their own path because we know that they that now Sal can send other people after them wherever they go. So um, yeah. they have to work together to resolve that issue at least. Then they can go their separate ways if they decide to do that. Yeah, I mean Marvin. Marvin is a rider, so I think he'll try to protect them regardless. But like for Lulu specifically, I wouldn't be surprised if after what happened to Zisa, he tries to disown everyone and do his own thing. <laughs> but then you know, of course, Raquel won't let that happen, so she'll she'll uh, she'll be on his case to try and get him back with the family. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to leave or something of that nature. Hmm. I think well, he's more it, upset about what happened with Raquel than the ghost of Ziza who can't sing. Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because you you saw that in this episode when he saw that when he opened up that uh that, that mail notice, and she was there. He was still concerned about that for the most part. So yeah, he's definitely more concerned about that than her. And but but he but he's gonna have to answer to that now that she got killed because. I'm pretty sure her parents, they're going to be very outraged and one, what they want answers, what happened to our daughter, all types of stuff. So that record label is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so we're basically yeah, so- replacing Nicole's parents with now Ziza's parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah, basically. So, so like that, Lulu is going to be the next topic anyway. So let's get to that. Um, so, you know, he's kind of lost everything now. Like the, like Raquel basically owns the label. Um, you know, his main artist has, you know, is, is dead now. Um, she obviously gave him that mix CD. So, um, I'm thinking maybe he'll, uh, he'll maybe do something with that in the next season or something. I don't know, but you know, he's kind of down, he's down bad at the moment, you know, after finding out Raquel (laughs) took the label. And he really, you know, he was he was about to cry when she said, I own you and all that stuff. And he was getting ready to clean that, clean out the whole studio, shut everything down. So what is, you know, what is Lulu's path going to be now? Because obviously, you know, the shooting did happen after that. Um, and you could make the case that he has to stand by Raquel no matter what. But he, we can't just disregard, disregard what he was feeling before because... It was for a reason, you know. Everything happens for a reason in the show, so there's still going to be some feelings there uh, and resentment towards Raquel. So, what do you see happening with him? And then also, don't forget, we didn't get any resolution for the Crown Camacho. You know, the fact that they found his uh, perfect, uh, perfectly laminated business card, you know, on his body. Um, yeah, we didn't get any. We didn't get any resolution. That was that so. was the American Psycho business card. It was laminated <laughs> by like the trees from Avatar, so it never disintegrates. Yeah, yeah there was there was no uh, de uh, decompose. I can't talk. It's too late. Um, decomposition. You know, it, it was, it was decomposition. There you go. 
it was perfect. It was in perfect shape. So, yeah. Um, but Dana, what do you think is going to be next for Lulu? Jeremiah said best. Um, the album is going to be called Life After Ziza. Um, a, the best <laughs> artist is a dead artist, you know? So Ziza dying is the best thing that could sounds so awful, but it's the best thing that can happen for this record company because, oh my God, she was so young. Oh my God, she had the voice of an angel. Oh my God. So boom, post-humor, post, anyway, after death live um, album. So that works in his favor right there. I'm not sure of how you can restart an LLC. Maybe he'll just start from scratch and just rebuild his record label that way and cut all ties with that. And as a result, um, originally Crown's label. So whatever debt or other Jamaicans that want to come after them now comes after Raquel. You know, you just transfer <laughs> everything over. She owns everything anyway. So, you know, give us our money. So that's now her fault. Uh, so that's one thing there. Lulu, I just think he wants to go far away as possible. He was packing up everything, the sound system, everything. So I think that he is basically going to be Tommy in this situation and in terms of force. Remember how he was just driving down the road all of a sudden? Um, and hopefully he sticks to that path that he's going to drive onto and not go to Chicago where their mobsters are terrible. Um, but I see him forging his own thing. So that would be... Uh, amazing. Um, on top of that, you there there can be more artists than Ziza. So maybe he finds somebody else, or maybe because this is such a traumatic experience, the man was, you know, dr- shot almost and killed in his own studio by not even his doing. This thing was all Raquel's fault, and then she was like, "I own you." On top of that, and he lost his soul for that whole moment. Maybe we turn into a more vicious Lulu. Lulu. I felt that crying Lulu, like after that scene where he's like, <clears throat> I feel that he will be transformed and maybe we will get a harder stone cold um, Lulu. Maybe the one with like no humanity. We'll get, maybe we'll get a jukebox version of a Lulu now. Um, maybe that can be like all for revenge for Raquel. And he's sitting here in the corner waiting like like Unique was before he, he saved her, waiting to take her out. Because the only way he can really escape Raquel, it feels like to me, is death. And he doesn't seem like he's suicidal. So that is the only way to, to get over that. I don't, I feel even if he was to run off to Africa, Raquel will somehow be there waiting to say, I still own you. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, him hardening up and, you know, being a bit harder in, in the next season and realizing that, you know, he has to kind of step up and, and be more aggressive, uh, you know, uh, given the situation that they're in. Like, I like that idea. Um, and it's something I'd, be, I'd like to see. But Rich, what do you think um, is next for Lulu? You know, what is his stance, his whole stance going to be? you know, re- regarding the shooting and then also the death of Zisa in the studio and, and all that stuff. Well, let me just start by saying these are some excellent, entertaining comments that I'm seeing. Uh, we didn't talk about Famous, and I find it interesting how in the previous episode, 
famous kills Freddy. In this episode, you had the old man that said, when the police officer asked him, so do you remember anything that happened? No, I don't remember anything. He gave him the card, and then the guy throws the card to the side. So obviously, that's the story for next season having to do with Famous, because it's like Famous actually, he caught a body. Well, you know, so the streets need a body, and he delivered it. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with that, but we know that Famous has been wanting to get back in the studio with Lulu this entire season. It didn't quite happen at the end, but I kind of feel like, to answer your question, Gary, Lulu has a lot of things going into next season that makes things very complex for him. I find it so great how this entire season it was about him trying to get, you know, get rid of Crown and then eventually get rid of Cartier. He achieved both of those things, but now the real problem all along is your sister. And that's still an issue. So the only way he is going to get free of her is to leave. But as I said earlier, I don't think that they can leave yet because the mafia is clearly still after them. You know, I kind of feel like even if he was to try to run off, they'll find him at some point if they are if they are that calculated in terms of how they portrayed them at the end of this episode, how everything was just meticulous, uh, how they knew where everybody was at. They killed everybody very easily. They killed a lot of people that they needed to get rid of. So we have to see how that goes. But uh, I I think um, we're definitely going to see Jessica again. I believe I saw a comment last week, something about. Jessica might end up, uh, you know, pregnant or something. And then you would ask, well, who was the father? Now, I, I hope they don't go that in that direction because I don't want to see a Maury Povich type of approach to that storyline. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. See, that's a funny comment right there. <laughs> that's a funny comment. Uh, and I do agree. I do agree with Inga. They do need to, they do need to get rid of uh, Famous next season because it feels as though that's one of Kanan's last true friends, and we need to see Kanan completely become a monster. So uh, that has to happen. But uh, I think uh, I will say this though: with Famous, I think his fate is already sealed because he killed Freddie. Right? There has to be some type of something bad that happens to him as a result of that. You know, just because. But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, with Lulu, it's hard to really say. Where they're gonna where they're gonna take the character next? I I have no idea because uh, they can go in a lot of different directions. But again, if the biggest hurdle is Raquel, he has to find a way to get free of Raquel, and leaving makes the most logical sense to me. But uh, we'll see what happens. Also, one last little point that I will mention, and then I'm gonna go back to you, Gary. They did not deal with uh. I can't think of his name now. They didn't do de- they, 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 they never dealt with Scrappy's mom. That's an issue going into next season because again, she's going to want answers and she's going to seek retaliation as well. So all of this is not looking too good, but it's gonna it's gonna make things very dramatic moving forward. No doubt about that. Yeah, that's that's another lingering thing right there. Um, I I like that she did acknowledge it when she spoke to Lulu. She was like, you know, I, I made a mistake with Scrappy, but you know, you 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 couldn't handle doing that, you know, basically. Um, and and uh, shouts to Ghost because he has Dana crying over here, you know, with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go ahead, Dana. <laughs> Ghost, you came back from the dead to give us the best comment. <laughs> Palomar. I'm sorry. <laughs> Palomar for Steve's was the best <laughs> Food stamp. Those food stamps. That's funny. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Pa- 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 Palomar. Palomar is in trouble too next season. Oh, Palomar yeah, in trouble too. They they ever find out that gun, the bullets, it, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. But, but oh, I don't let, know. Let's uh let's touch on that real quick because um I'll finish what you were gonna say, Rich, and then we'll get to that real quick. Because oh no, oh yeah. no, go go ahead. I think I am gonna get to this. Uh okay. So, yeah, so I think you were about to say the same thing. Um, you know, there was uh so there was the scene with the old guy, you know, the the neighbor who lives near Freddie, you know, um and obviously the detective, you know, he was questioning him about the death of Freddie, the murder and everything. And he was basically saying, you know, he didn't hear nothing. So he didn't he didn't talk yet, but he could still talk because he obviously heard Famous's name during that yeah. exchange, you know. So, um, yeah, what do you think is going to happen with that? Do you think that's going to be a situation that might come back? Because because Burke could go sniffing around the, you know, and well, she could learn something. Let, let, well, let me just ask a question. It is a question. I don't know if y'all could answer this. Maybe somebody in the comments can answer this. So when somebody gets murdered, do the police not do forensics? They wasn't doing forensics in the 90s to, to find out what how somebody got killed? Okay, so maybe I they don't didn't think have the technology. So. Okay, so, so so they probably didn't have in the, the 90s, technology. They because, because because it it feels to me like you like they had to see where the officer questions the guy and you you know somebody got killed, right? So you know somebody got shot, but you have no way of knowing aside from the witness that somebody got shot, like if somebody like what the bullet was and stuff. That's why I question that that type of stuff. And maybe I watch too many crime shows to really think about that type of these types of things. But uh, the, the, this whole situation is definitely set up to for be a, a downfall for famous moving forward. It's interesting how in this episode, the character reacted the same as if nothing had happened in the previous episode. Kanan didn't question him about where he was at. And again, Kanan was sleeping when he left the apartment. So it makes sense. But. It's just famous was acting exactly like himself, as if he did nothing in the previous episode. So I kind of feel like it's a matter of time next season where that situation comes to a head. And I do like the comment that Jeremiah said that Kanan will probably have to kill famous himself. I don't know how it's going to get to that point. That can happen for sure. But um, there's a lot of things that have to they have to resolve with the famous thing, but that clearly is the storyline for next season. And again, they had it happen in episode nine, and then they had just one quick update of that in this episode because this is meant for you to wait and see what happens next season. But I don't know what's going to happen, but I do agree that famous probably needs to get taken out. And I find it very interesting how the actor himself that plays famous has had comments where he said people are always you know, asking when is his character going to get killed off the show or what's going to happen to the character. So he is very aware of this. I'm pretty sure the showrunner is also aware of this. So at some point it is going to happen if that is the fate they decide for him. But something bad is definitely going to happen to him because of what he did in episode nine. That was just a, I wasn't expecting that. And I was, I was still surprised 
they had the character kill somebody because I would never would have expected that in the in the first place. So that that was that was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I could uh that's that's how I want it to go down. Like what you said, like I could totally see it happening where Kanan has to be the one to take him out. Like because because we know Famous is a reckless character, um. <laughs> so I could totally see him getting into some sort of situation and then come come under heavy pressure from the police and maybe slip up and start saying something he shouldn't, you know? Um, and then he basically, it comes down to either, you know, Kanan gets rid of famous or, um, you know, the whole family could go down for, for a crime or something like that, you know, or the secret of Howard and, and uh, Raquel or, you know, anything like I, I could totally see Kanan being put in the unfortunate situation where he has to take out his best friend. And I feel like that would make some compelling TV if, if that were the case. Yeah. Uh, what'd you, what do you think, Dana? Because it seems like she has something to say about that. I have something to say about this. Do we have to necessarily kill Famous? And the reason why I say this goes back to what we've seen previously. Famous is, he's not well, not in terms of mentally, but you know, he's a teenager who was kicked out of his home, right? Still childlike mentality. He does not have his things together. And to think he is supposed to act like a grown man in the age that he is in without the mental support that, say, other people would have in a more affluent community who are given more of an opportunity I don't think that, you know, this downing of him is justified. Even though I'm the one who also was like, oh, he's a crackhead. In the end of the day, he is still a teenager. He's supposed to have, you know, I have everything together with apartments and a job and money and career. And I know how to handle things and to be quiet. And I'm not interested in Palomar because I am older than that. And I know that she is just a child rapist. I feel that he is acting like a teenager who does not have any kind of guidance. If you look at Famous and and Kanan's relationship, you can say that, yes, Famous needs Kanan more than Kanan ever needs Famous, but at the same time, they work together. They support each other. And while everyone is like, you have to kill Famous, you have to kill him, I don't think you have to. What he did if you really looked at what he did, it's not out of revenge, malice, or any type of harm to bring towards Canaan. It is someone who is a child. And he is someone who was constantly broke, who is hungry, who, if you look at it, remember, he's only been surviving off of pizza and probably alcohol and parties, right? So if you look at what he what it is, it's it's not someone who is out there purposely trying to like, oh, I'm going to be the next, I don't know, king of New York in terms of the drug industry. He's not someone who is purposely trying to stop Raquel and purposely going after Kanan and wanting to screw everybody over. He's a child that is lost. And yes, he did disrespect his mom, but at the same time, you know, he acted like a teenager. He had girls into the apartment and the mom caught him and the mom kicked him out without there being a conversation. The thing that really seems to be famous is the lack of communication and a lack of support. Obviously, I'm not in there with them to know how famous really is, 
but it really seems that he, to me, was bringing, he was behaving like a child at that age. I'm going to bring home a girl and sleep with her. And yes, you, he did disrespect his mom and his mom's home, but you're not really thinking about that. You're thinking of, I want that hoo-ha. Just like Palomar, she wanted that ding-dong, even if it was a child. Um, way terrible connection that I just made. Good Lord, forget that. Point that I'm simply saying is, I don't want famous to be killed. I want there to be a happy story with famous because he, again, is not someone who is deceitful or purposely going after people. I think it's someone who was willing and is capable of keeping um, Kanan's secrets, you know? And he may be a little slow at putting things together because remember when he was looking at the D-test, he's like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. And then he didn't think about it anymore. He wasn't like a burp in this situation where I have to start hunting for clues and find the answer. He just really didn't think anything of it. And I really feel like if Kanan came to him and was like, Howard's my dad, he'd be like, oh, wow, that's shocking. Okay, you want some, some, some pizza? You, you want to go to the store or something? I don't really think that he's someone who's going to sit and dwell on that. And like, I'm going to use that information against him. So I feel that I just want him to have somewhat of a positive growth from this entire situation. And if that is for him to step away and maybe not accidentally shoot people anymore, because even with the Freddy situation, he wasn't, and he wasn't like, I'm going to go kill him. It was literally, I'm hungry. I want some money. I'm going to go rob him. And he got nervous and the gun went off. So I don't, I just don't want that sad ending for famous right now. Uh, let me just say a quick comment. I will say, yes, I agree with Jeremiah. Famous is a clown. Like Howard said, uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be retaliation, though, because, again, we know that Freddie's friend who witnessed Kanan beating the hell out of Freddie, that that guy could still come back and retaliate. And, and again, he doesn't know that Famous did it. He could say, well, maybe Kanan is the one that killed him, so he could come back and retaliate, and in doing so, he kills Famous, too. That can, that can happen as well. So we have to see. But I, I kind of feel like something bad is going to happen to Famous next season. It, 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 even if he has a moment of success, that is going to follow him, that one act that he did. And I agree. He didn't do it. Out of, he did it out of desperation. He was trying to get some money. And he saw that this guy had a gun. Well, it's either me or him. I got I to gotta, I gotta protect myself. And he just started shooting. So, But something's going to come of that for sure. And again, Palomar. She will pay for this as well, since her weapon was used in all of this, one way or another. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what, as well, with Famous, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, next season, you know, he starts trying to get back into the rapping and the music, and maybe he even starts rapping about what he did to Freddie, and, uh, you know, he, he ends up, like, incriminating himself. Like, I could even that see is, something like that happening. That is a perfect parallel from what happened in the first season, right? When he was rapping mm. about the fact that, that, that you know, Kanan and uh, D-Wiz killed the other guy. So, yeah. yeah, I see that happening. And this time, somebody could come after him as a result of that. So that that's a perfect parallel, Gary, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Lulu needs an artist now. He doesn't have an artist. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, interesting thoughts on that. So, um let's see here um okay so real quick as well um the new character stefano you know who we're who we're all a big fan of um 
he you know he was introduced he clearly has a a, a history with Saul but in 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 that conversation they had um Stefano actually mentioned that uh Raquel came to see him before um and you know I guess they had a discussion about about this whole conflict that they're having and stuff and clearly Raquel kind of she tried to leave a good impression on him because she brought something from the store I think he was saying um, and then that led to, to Seoul having to also buy, like, you know, he wanted to buy the most expensive thing, you know, at the store or whatever like that. So the fact that Raquel, you know, she preemptively went to see this dude, you know, and, and have a conversation with him. So I want to ask you guys, do you think that this character might be utilized in some way to kind of end this this war between Seoul and, and, and Raquel, you know, and which side is going to utilize him? No, so <laughs> Rich, I'll, I'll go to you first with that one. What do you think? Well, if you recall their conversation, he said he did not want to be involved in what was happening. You know, Saul came there. Sal came there basically to tell him, "I, I want to let you know there's going to be a lot of things that happen. I just wanted to try to give you a heads up, just so that, just I, you know, basically out of respect, let you know that I'm in your territory or doing this type of thing." But he was very clear. He said he did not want to be involved in any of this. And the fact that we now know that Tony Danza will be back for season three, that lets you know he will be involved in this situation. Now, a very good question, Gary, of which side would he go with? Well, uh, obviously, you know, if something happens to Sal, then maybe he will want to try to, you know, retaliate. I mean, I have no idea because obviously he has a, a tighter bond with Sal. They have a history, the family, you know, their kids, all this other stuff. So I, I understand that. But, uh, he is definitely going to get involved to what extent um, he has to side with one or the other. I, I see him siding with, with Sal, but again, I want to see how this plays out. One point I will add though. And I will say this is that um, I, I personally thought it was very interesting how we never got that scene of Raquel, Raquel actually meeting him. You're hearing about it. This is one of those situations where you're telling instead of showing that, showing us that interaction. We'll obviously get that next season, I'm sure. We're going to have some of those scenes, but maybe they just wanted to take it out. Maybe they had to remove it, and they had filmed something, and they had to remove it, no telling. But uh, I'm very interested to see where they're going with this. But, yes, the fact that he was involved in this conversation lets you know he's going to be involved. And if I had to make a guess, he's going to try to help out Sal if things get a little bit too, too tight. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, big shouts to uh, some of the people coming in here. Brillo, you know, um, Detroit Kings, um, who said he just subbed, you know, thanks. Thanks for the sub and everything. Uh, and, you know, he also asked, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec, but he asked an interesting question. Um, and, you know, Karsik as well, Karsik, Kwasik, you know, however you say that. But yeah, um, big shouts to to those people and uh yeah rich you made you made a good point i definitely feel like this character is going to play a prominent role in in the next season um and also you know the fact that it happened off screen as well um in my opinion i feel like this you know it's clear to see that this season would have really benefited from a 12 episode season because there was a lot of little things like that that happened off screen in this season where we heard about it you know in another scene 
So it would have been great if if this uh you know episode uh, if this season had twelve episodes. But I know uh, that that's something I think Courtney and Fifty were kind of rallying for at Stars, but they never quite uh, made it happen. But yeah, uh, still they they did a great job. Still, so you know I, I won't take that from them. But Dana, what is your thoughts on uh, Stefano, you know, um, and his role on the show? How is he going to be utilized moving forward? First of all, you got to put respect on the name, right? It's Stefano Marchetti. He is the godfather of New York City. He is the mafia scene, the godfather of the entire mafia scene, also known as the most powerful man in in the town. You know, you got to respect him. He come in. Tony Danza, respect. <laughs> I am the only one who was okay with there not being a Tony Danza on screen with Raquel. And that the fact that they did all the work behind the scenes, because just that moment was just so amazing to see. Sorry, I love the Tony Danza. He hasn't done anything wrong yet, so yay. Um, I think for, and also to build up, season three we don't need all of that information about what he's doing right now and who he's talking to we need to see all of that in season three i think season the two finale was so packed with so many things that you know you didn't want something to be overstuffed i did not want all of the questions answered right away that's why we have multiple seasons this is not going to be a season two and then we're done this is not a limited series this is something that hopefully goes on for a while but doesn't get like oh my god please end this i feel that they know what they're doing they're pacing things they're not answering everything right away because you got to keep the people in the audience you know uh you got to keep them engaged what's going on so for me I don't know where he lies because I think that he will easily take um, South Side. But at the same time, Raquel came him. You know, it was a level of respect. So it wasn't something that was like, oh, I, I'm going to just sidestep you. It, everything that was done, they came to him with respect. And even when they did the entire hit back at Raquel, remember, they had, from my understanding, they had to come to him, right? in order for that whole Godfather scene to happen. So I think that just by him knowing what both people are doing, and maybe he can play both sides, maybe he can play both cards. I don't know. But I think that it may seem that he's taking Sal's side until he sees how maybe they screwed up previously. Remember that whole situation with the kid and with Kanan in the woods? I don't know how that's going to, Come back. The guy, remember the guy who got shot and was in the pigeon coop that I made fun of looked like the opening of Friday when he was in the pigeon coop with the angel dust? I don't know what happened to him. Um, No, we do know what happened to him. Yeah, they, they killed him. Yeah, they, they killed, killed him. him. But the point <laughs> is, I, sorry, it's been a while. Um, the point is, you, I just don't know where, where Stefano is going. And we've seen a lot of underhanded things with this show already. We got Raggedy Juliana. Maybe Stefano ends up being Raggedy too. So right now it seems that he will be on Sal's side, but we don't know whether or not Sal starts screwing up. So I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah, they, they could take that in uh, many directions, I guess, you know. Um, but I do find it interesting the fact that 
Raquel already has spoke to him. Um, you know, that was a very interesting point to note. So I, I do think uh, there will be another interaction between those two at the very least. Now, whether he's actually going to be on her side or not, that is the question. But I, I could totally see those two characters actually having a moment, you know, uh, in season three. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, how that goes. So um, I do want to talk about some predictions for the next season. And there is an interesting question there that I want to get to once we uh, talk to that. But real quick, before we get to that part, right? Who is there anyone that you think should have died in this episode or, you know, in this finale? like that didn't die because we saw a lot of deaths you know of of b characters and stuff you know kenya and and uh warrell zisa but is there anyone that you think should have died you know from the main cast of characters that would have made a huge impact so um go ahead dana marvin hmm Wow. I mean, Explain. we have a whole situation. Remember, it for me, it felt like it was too much foreshadowing. And this was even previously when they was in the car. And I was like, oh, he's dying. And then remember when it was like, when he, when the guys, the, the it's Italians, <laughs> the Italians called out his name, yo, Marvin, and then still missed him? Um. So remember, he's been kind of like ducking and literally ducking and diving death. So I thought that when he was in that hallway and nobody was answering that door, that's when I thought he was going to die. And I thought that would have been very impactful. I know people are like, no, not Marvin. But I thought that would have been really impactful because one, you have the family, you lost Marvin. Then you have Jukebox right when she was trying to, re well, not she, but right when she was opening opening up to Marvin to rebuild that relationship where she was seeing him as being someone who was more careful with his words and careful with his actions. Um, I thought that he would have died and that would have made a huge impact for the character trajectory of Jukebox. Remember, we see her as that hardened person. And remember, it was Kanan, 50 Cent's voiceover, that said what made Jukebox so hard. Hard. It wasn't one thing. It was a number of things. So Kenya portraying her, the church, the guy, the boy who was like, I want to be your boyfriend, but not really because I want to see if you're gay. He betrayed her. And then you had the death of Marvin. That would have definitely lost her, the humanity aspect. Um, so I would have been okay-ish that if that would have meant that we would have gotten the harder side of jukebox but he lived i think i don't know what's going on in that apartment prayer circle but i i really would have been okay with him also i think i'm the only person i can't remember the character's name but remember when we was watching the original power and it was dre we thought that dre was gonna die and so unique i was like oh unique is basically dre he's still alive but no, but I was really like, I thought that he was going to die. But it, instead he had was like the Captain Save the Hole moment south side. So I'm okay with him living now. But before that whole savior period, I would have been okay with him dying. Um, on top of that, Sal could have gone, but he wouldn't have been a big impact on the show, I felt like. Um, so yeah, I would have been fine with, yeah, definitely Marvin, one of the brothers, like the core 
family group. And and that's a shame because he's such a good actor, but he's still alive, I think, I hope, unless he bled to death in that apartment. Oh, y'all keep wanting to get rid of famous. That's not nice. Oh, preach. Yeah, you know what? I, I was, yeah, I, I got rid of that. I deleted it, but um, I blocked the, the user as well. But um, yeah, so I, uh, I was actually going to say famous too, because I could have, you know, you, we could have had a scenario where, you know, Freddie's people clapped back, you know, at him um, and famous, you know, got taken out. And, um, and, and that could be also a reason for Jessica to come back and, um, you know, maybe she shows up towards the end of the episode, you know, uh, potentially after uh, Zisa died and, and Lulu's at the studio, you know, maybe she shows up or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I thought Lulu was going to go. You thought Lulu was going to go? Was, that was scene was it. so intense. Yeah, that was. Well, that if was you intense. really looked at it, they gave us two innocents this season. And remember, um, um, I forgot the, oh Lord, I'm forgetting everyone's name. Courtney Kemp. She always said it's one innocent, but now they gave us two innocents because Ziza was in even though she didn't care about Cartier. And I'm pretty sure she was the one who dumped the body somewhere. <laughs> um, but we, we got Ziza and we got Renee and the way how they came with such intensity and they hit all the spots. God, that was so brilliant. They hit all the spots. Like, just how smart are you? Hit all the spots at once. So you can't give anybody any chance to flee or send a, uh, what y'all had pages back then, a little bleeper on the pager thing. Like, that was just so smart. But I really thought that Marvin was going to die. But he didn't. Not Marvin, Lulu was going to die at that moment. I mean, they came with them shotguns. That was... Sorry, such a good scene. Why did y'all want Lulu to go? That's not nice. Keep Marvin and Lulu can go. I mean, he cry a lot, but he's just emotional. And as Marvin said, <laughs> emotions are just our feelings and it's okay to feel our feelings. Hey, so Hilarious. that's funny. No, I agree. That's funny. Well, let, let, let me let me make a quick a quick a few quick comments to your question, Gary. And, and I also want to say a few things Dana touched on. Uh Marvin is a really cool character. This is a character where the entire season you were rooting for him to get back the relationship that he had with Jukebox. And then I know Gary has said multiple times that this is his favorite character. The scene where they finally reach, the mafia reaches his place and he pulls off that huge gun. Listen, that, that was awesome. That was intense. I was looking forward to that. So I'm glad that he didn't die, honestly. I think the character needs to live on for a while. And I also think that killing uh, Kenya, that's a placeholder for Marvin getting killed this season because one of them, I guess, had to get taken out. And you know, this entire season, they told you that Jukebox was spending time trying to learn about Kenya. She did. That did not end well. So yeah, it made sense for that character to go. So that that's I'm fine with that. But, but Marvin... I, 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 it probably would have been too soon to take him out, even though they foreshadowed it. They foreshadowed it a, a lot, a lot, several episodes. And even in this episode, when he had that conversation with Jukebox, the last conversation he had with Jukebox about them going to dinner, that easily, because he, he, he could have never came back from that. So that's why I said they did a, a very good job with the writing this entire season for the character. 
but I'm glad he didn't die. So to answer your question, though, Gary, if there was any main character that they could have taken out this season or that should have died in this episode, uh, listen, I think Famous and Lulu are very good candidates. I like Malcolm Mays as an actor, so I don't want to see him get taken out yet, even though, but I will say this, you know, when he starts to get too close to the vest, as he did in Snowfall, you saw what happened to that character in Snowfall. So his time is coming. You know, it, maybe next season is when it happens. But, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I don't I don't want to see it happen quite yet. But Famous, yes, Famous, absolutely, he has to go at some point. Um, as far as other characters are concerned, it, it's hard to really, like, like obviously they're not going to take out Raquel. Raquel, some stuff will happen to Raquel. But I don't think the character is going to get taken out for quite some time if she even does get taken out. Howard, I'm surprised Howard is still here. Because we talk about, we spoke about in the premiere episode how all of a sudden the cancer is gone. Uh, no other further elaborations on what's happening with his health. I, I would assume he's okay now. He's just trying to make changes in his life, so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel like Omar Epps, again, this guy is a well-known actor. I don't think they want to get rid of him quite yet. I saw there was a comment mentioned about, are we going to see Symphony return? Uh, I would hope not for his for his sake. Because um, I kind of feel like if he does return, he then he then he is gonna get killed. So hopefully he gets that job and he stays wherever the hell he's at right now. That that's just my opinion. But uh, overall, I would just say, uh, famous, yes, kill famous. Sal absolutely absolutely should have gotten killed, but obviously they have bigger plans for that character to go into the next season and his relationship with uh, Stefano. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, definitely famous. Um, that's really all I could think of right now. Because Lulu, his time is coming. Maybe next season. But not quite this season. Because he, the character has to prove that he can do something. You know, again, he's always in the shadows of Raquel. So he has to prove he can do something. And I think you find maybe next season we'll finally see that happen before he gets killed or something to that effect. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, um... I think um, Howard, you know, he he had the same uh, herbal remedy that Magic Johnson had, so he's cured. Like he's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he's gonna live for a long time now. So <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I know I, I, that character Rest in still. Peace. Oh, and, and, and wait, and, let, and I forgot. Yeah, Burke. Burke also. Burke is another character that you know. I want to oh, see. God. I mean, for, for for me, the biggest issue is. As Dana said earlier, we don't really know why she is obsessed with this. This goes beyond trying to trying to protect your your, your fellow uh, officer. There's more to this, so they have to elaborate on that further going into season three. They they must because otherwise, it just looks like another Greg Knox that's very obsessed and has to solve the crime no matter what. So, well, see what really happened was Burke is actually Howard's child. And this is the whole situation which is like, oh, you chose Kanan over me. Because it really makes no sense. (laughs) That's the only thing that I can think of is like, maybe she thinks that she is nothing makes sense about this entire thing. Is it, even if it's something like jealousy, oh, the, the police force loves you. Let's see how raggedy you you're not even giving me a reason as to why you're so thirsty. Yeah. I don't get it. She's a Karen of the show. 
was literally going after him to go after him. And I don't understand why. She mm-hmm. is Karen gone wild. And we should just record her and then dox her. <laughs> yeah, she uh, why I agree. Is she here? She's sticking her nose in everyone's business. Yeah, she she's definitely a lot like Saxon um, um so yeah, I can't she's wait. She's worse to see than Sax. She's yeah. worse because Sax had an actual pers- purpose. I want him in jail. He didn't even state that she wants Howard in jail. <laughs> She so I don't even know what life. it is that she wants. <laughs> See, yeah, even Ghost to Greek. Burke is insane. She is insane. She is literally that Karen that you just cannot get away. You know what she is? And I can't even say that she's that either because, you know, he had a purpose too. Remember BMF? Remember the guy who was after the brothers? That Lamar. no matter what they did, she is Lamar, but again, with no purpose. Well... Lamar was a much bad character, though. Yeah, it was a better character. And she doesn't even have a different... That's the thing. She's not even developed as a character. She's just the angry white woman who's after a black man. (laughs) Uh, I I do have Even if it was uh, racism, give me racism. Okay, go on. I'm done. (laughs) I I do have another question about Buck, but Rich, you, uh, you was about to say something, I think. Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Don't worry, I want to hear what your question is. Okay, so um, we see that, you know, Jukebox, after she beat up uh, old boy, um, you know, uh, what was his name, Corey or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she, beat, she beat him up, and, um, you know, she ended up in, in, in jail and stuff, and, and it was actually Burke that bailed her out, and she started talking about how, you know, she owes her um, because she's helped her out a few times, and then you know, even Jukebox kind of agrees that she she has to help her with something. She doesn't she doesn't tell her what she wants to know regarding Howard, but she tells her, you know, watch your back because you know people are after you and 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 that stuff. She warns her basically. So the question is, do you think that Jukebox really does owe her some loyalty? And is this going to come into play in the next season when Howard and everyone tries to take her? You know tries to basically initiate her downfall and get her out, get her out of the way, basically. Is Jukebox going to be, like, stuck in the middle of that, do you think? Well, let me just make a quiet comment and respond to that and say that uh, the whole scene about her finding out that Howard was telling Nicole's dad that Burke was giving pills to the girls and stuff like that, that was why that was who she was alluding to when she said people have your back, but she didn't outright tell her that Howard is the one that told that lie on you. So that's very interesting that she didn't go that far with it. But to answer your question, Gary, uh, I have no idea. I, I, I can only imagine that she is going to eventually, you know, pay her back in some way, shape or form. I just don't know how they're going to go about that because they can go about it in a lot of different ways. I know she had the conversation with Nicole's dad. And as there was a comment made earlier on this podcast, it said she, she, she had that conversation and told him the truth about Nicole to set herself free. I agree with that. That's what that was. She felt some guilt about what had happened, but um, I don't really know how she's going to help further. We know that the father is going to be adamant that uh, Burke is involved with what happened to his daughter, even though she told her that she got the drugs from her. From, from jukebox we know he's still gonna be adamant so i 
I, I that's why I said I'm curious to see how they continue that story going into next season. But um, I'm not really sure I can really determine because again, they have a lot of different directions that they can take the storyline. It's just a matter of how they're going to get there. But yes, she is going to continue to be involved in this as long as Burke is around. She's going to feel as though she wants to try and do something to make sure that she doesn't get in in over her head in certain situations. But Burke is already in in over her head. So this is not going to end well for the character either way. We just have to see how it actually ends and how Jukebox feels about this once she sees her go through her own downfall. So we'll see. Go ahead, Dana. Yeah, go Um, ahead, Dana. What do you think? For me... I think, first of all, um, Igna, 71, Jukebox, hands and feet on Corey. The hands, the feet, the teeth, the hair, the toesies, everything was on Corey. Basically, it was like that image of Becky Lynch with that broken nose and the blood running down. And she's just like smiling and like, yeah, that was Jukebox. That was her shining moment. I was so happy for her because she took out Every, it wasn't just about that. She took out the aggression she had on her mother, the aggression of her father, the, the aggression of being, you know, oppressed, a gay oppressed woman, the death of Nicole, um, just everything. And that was just such a great moment. She stomped on him. And I was like, yes, he's alive. I don't know how, but yes, you did it. Um, I don't think Burke, I don't think Jukebox owes anything to Burke and I don't I don't want there to be a connecting relationship going further I feel like I gave you this please leave me alone now whether or not Burke tries to reinitiate you she's thirsty and she's a Karen so very much maybe but I think that that should be enough from jukebox you know I'm done with you and this situation leave me alone um I don't really see a point. I know previously we were saying that, oh, Jukebox and Burke, maybe they have this friendship because they're both gay women in the 90s. And because Burke is older, she can look to her towards that guidance. And this was during the time when Marvin choked out Jukebox. So we were like, oh, she's going to be friends with her. Um, The fact that Marvin stepped up, He realized what he did is wrong. He's trying so hard to be that leader in the family towards her, trying hard to have that relationship. And then at the very end, we saw Jukebox be like, hey, I'm home. What's up? You know, and we're going to go have dinner. And you could see that there was that, that moment of yay. And even when you go back to when he was confronting Kenya, what did she say? Dad. She referred to him as dad. And that even if it was subconsciously, it was, we're a unit together. This is my family. We're not perfect, but this, him, he's my family, not you, Kenya. And that's why your body is still in the doorway. We watch be season five and she's still just laying there in the doorway. So I feel that the relationship between Burke and jukebox just needs to be broken. And I think, I feel that when she gets the larger picture, because again, I want my dinner scene that could even be like a therapy session. She doesn't want anything to do with Burke. We have the Howard thing that even though it's very complicated, how he's now involved in the family, I think she will take Howard's side, you know, especially how close she is with Kanan and the fact that she knows that Kanan has been speaking to Howard 
And she remember they always said she's a keeper of secrets. That's why everybody likes to talk to you. And I think that there is a comfortability with with um Kenya, not ooh, Kenya, ooh, demon, with jukebox, with the family that she will she will start turning her back towards Burke. And there's no reason why she she should even look to Burke. On top of that, she's a cop. And remember, we don't speak to police. She kept saying that. We don't speak to the police. So there's no reason for that relationship to continue. And I think the more that Burke is iced out, the better it will be for everyone else involved. So, yeah. Oh, I wonder how Unique is going to feel that Howard is Kanan's father, not Defcon. I think she will have, you know, um, a lot of feelings about that. But I don't think it'll be something where she will turn against the family. I think that was more about Kanan having to come to that realization and understanding what was really going on. Because at the end of the day, as screwed up as the family dynamic is, um, Unique is not Raquel's daughter. Even though Raquel treats her like the daughter, they, it's not that same way. Um, yes, you can say, oh, she screwed up because she was with, you know, a cop. Maybe Raquel can use it as some type of way of, yes, that did happen, but I was young at the time. I didn't know. I, I, I just don't think that there's, I don't, I don't know. I don't see like Unique throwing a big fit about Howard being the father. And maybe I think, doesn't he, she kind of already know-ish? Didn't Kanan tell her? Richard, because you're like a master of remembering everything. Well, no, I think uh, Jeremiah is saying uh, he's wondering how Unique is going to feel um, about Oh, this Unique. Situation. Yeah, because oh. Unique is now. So he's I saying know. that, yeah, because we're eventually going to get, we might get Unique and uh, Raquel as a couple next season. So stop. Maybe, you know, I was really rooting for Cartier. I remember that was my kingpin and my Vanessa. And then Vanessa yeah. just thought she can be Kingpin and that backfired terribly. Um, <laughs> I don't know how Unique would take this situation. I think he will definitely laugh about it, but he's not going to be someone that throws it in her face. And also Howard, again, can be an asset. You need that cop that's on your side. That's how Raquel was able to make it by having that cop on his on his side. Unique is Ghost and Raquel is Tasha. <laughs> yeah, basically. At this point, yeah. <laughs> no, that that would be that would be an interesting dynamic. I, I I can't see it though, like uh, Raquel and Unique being an item, but that would be interesting though uh, to see. Um, if it is the case. I mean, he was flirting with a heavy. I don't know if there's a reason they're doing that to set something up, but yeah, it just well, it, it, it's a bit far-fetched for me. I'll go ahead, the fa- I, I would just add the last point. The fact that he saved her at the end, though, that, that, that has to get him some cool points, so he might have a chance oh, now. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but Raquel's the type of woman where like she if she knows somebody's into her like that she uses it to kind of control them like she's more likely to use it as a method of control than actually yep. you know entertain yep. the relationship that's true um, that's true so yeah that that would be interesting but okay so we're gonna get to uh some you know season three 
stuff here. Um, there was an interesting question that was asked um, before from Detroit Kings. Um, you know, this character Breeze who keeps coming up. So, you know, if if you remember at the end of uh, the original Power season six, you know, uh, Tariq confronted his father, Jamie St. Patrick, about Breeze and the history with Breeze and Kanan and Ghost, you know, um, and, you know, this was apparently a huge character in their history. Um, I think uh, one of the commenters actually, uh, they spoke about the fact a few episodes back that it was Breeze's apartment that Kanan moved into um, in power, you know, in, in OG power, you know, the, where he, you know, took out the, the old woman and moved in, you know, that was actually Breeze's apartment. So, um, you know, this character is going to play a big part in the history eventually. And he is, I guess he's a bridge to, you know, Ghost and Kanan meeting in, or, or, you know, it's, it's going to be like a group of them. So do you think, first of all, that we might actually see this, see this character introduced in season three? And, you know, I guess the, the question they asked is, is there an actor you think could play them? Um, now, I, that part, I don't know because I'm not too, I don't remember actor names that well, but uh, but you know I do think it's an interesting question of will he even be a part of the next season? So, um, uh, Dana, do you do you, do you have any thoughts on uh, you know whether we might see Breeze <clears throat> show up his character? So, my understanding was that he was friends with. This was all during the time when Kanan and Tommy were running together. And we do not have the introduction of Tommy. So unless they start changing things from the original source material, I don't think that we would see him. Because then on top of that, um, it, 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 we would also see Ghost. And for me, I feel that this show has done such a good job. It's being its own path right now that I really want it to continue on its own path. From my understanding, they kind of, they met him in the 90s, so we're still in that realm, but he kind of died in the, in the past the mid-90s, so maybe 96, 97. I don't know what year we're in, in season two. Um, so I, I don't, uh, unless they, again, they would have to introduce Tommy and they would have to introduce Ghost and right now, I just want this show to stand on its own for just a little bit more seasons until we start introducing Tommy and Ghost. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying because this show does stand very well on its own. But I feel like for it to be a connected show, at some point, there's going to have to be some connections made uh, just because, you know, the characters are getting older now and stuff. and um, you know, there's only a certain amount of time they have before they have to start introducing the characters because um, in, in the original Power, they make it seem like, you know, Ghost and Tommy, they knew each other from way back when they were young and all this stuff. And Kanan's already like, you know, 16, 17 or something like that. So I think it's got, it's got to happen soon uh, where they start making the connections. But Rich, what do you, what do you think about that? Um. That is a very good question. I, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Dana had to say, because I, I feel like it's a, you know, a, a, at some point, once you do that, you definitely have to introduce Ghost and Tommy into this. 
Um, but I kind of feel like we are going to see Breeze next season. And I say this because it, it just feels like, you know, I think also there was it was much said in the past about Breeze is the one that also Kanan learned from as well. So Kanan is at a point right now where he is rebelling against Raquel. At some point, he's going to want to seek guidance from others. So I, it makes sense to me that Breeze would show up at some point next season. Um, but as for the actor to play him, that is a damn good question. I, I, I have no idea. What we do know is that Breeze is a little bit older than Kanan. So it has to be someone that is around the same age or older. It could be an established actor or it could be somebody who is new and coming to the show for the first time. Um, but it, I feel like it's going to happen at some point. You know, even if it doesn't happen, if if for some reason it doesn't happen in season three, it has to happen at some point because you have to get into this whole thing about Ghost and Tommy eventually learning from Kanan. And the, the big the thing about Kanan is that we know that Kanan is is seen as a big deal. So, but right now on the show, he's still earning his wings, so to speak. So they have a little bit of time before they can bring in these other characters. But I would not be surprised if we do see Breeze maybe towards the end of next season or maybe going into season four. But at some point, we definitely have to see that character, I think, especially if he played a role in also teaching Kanan more stuff about the business. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so Inga said, uh, you know, Kanan is about 10 years older than Ghost and Tommy. So, yeah, I, I can understand us not seeing those characters for a while. But the way they describe Breeze, I feel like we could, it, it's totally possible that this character could be introduced very soon. Um, and, mm-hmm. and like Rich said, the end of next season, I think, is, is, would be a good time for, for that to happen. So, go, but go ahead, Dana. Are they screwing up the timelines again? Because it says that um, uh, Breeze was born in 72, and if we're in 91, that would make him 19. And if he is mm. 10 years older, if Kanan is 10 years older than Ghost and Tommy, everyone is kind of babies. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if he's like 16, 17, well, there's six or seven. I don't think they stuck to the timeline. Yeah, and see... A lot of these other comments, yeah, they made the comment about Jeremiah said, yeah, they did make that comment that he's very smart. He used to watch Jeopardy. Uh, This we're talking about Breeze here. Um, I don't know, but at some point he has to show up for sure. And I will also add that, you know, to answer Ghosts, right now, Razor Kanan, we only know about season three that was renewed. I, I don't know beyond that because obviously, you know, 50 Cent is no longer a part of stars. This He's not really involved with the show anymore. And I do have questions going into season three, if he is still going to be narrating the beginning and the ending of the show, because I think he brings a lot to that when he narrates the beginning and the end in the end of each episode. So we'll see. Yeah. I really hope he continues doing that. Cause yeah, that like there's, that's some good dialogue when he uh, narrates and stuff. So I hope they 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 managed to, to keep that up because he still is going to be consulting on the show. So, I mean, you know, and and the responsibility of just recording those lines isn't too demanding, I think, because he could do that from anywhere in the world as long as he has good equipment. So, I think uh, hopefully he can still do that. 
But um, but yeah, uh, thank you to all the people in the comments with, uh, you know, they're pulling up all the facts and stuff. Um, and, you know, that was a good question as well from, from Dana about are they keeping with the timeline? Um, I, I, it does make sense because Breeze is older, I guess. You know, he is the oldest. Um, so it, it, therefore, it's totally possible he could be introduced. And yeah, I guess Ghost and Tommy are, are too young at this moment to be in the show. But maybe towards the final season of Raising Canaan, you know, they, they, they might actually introduce them then. So, um, but yeah, so before we end off here, uh, let's get to some of our personal predictions of what we might see in, in uh, season three. So um, this time, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, my screen messed up. But yeah, this time I'll go first. So, um, so for season three, uh, I guess one of my my predictions um, is, you know, because there's a lot of things, obviously, that that wasn't resolved, and I guess it's going to carry over into the next season. And uh, um, hold on, yeah, yeah. So, um, so one of those things um, is, you know, Scrappy's mother. So. You know, there was a scene a few episodes back where, uh, you know, she obviously <laughs> she 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 had a conversation with Kanan and told him, you know, your mother hasn't been doing enough to figure out what's going on and all this stuff. Now, we know that there was an informant and there was someone who was talking to the police and that person was her. So the prediction I have is I feel like there is going to be um, there is going to be like a. a uh, there's going to be a plan put in place on, you know, from Howard, Raquel, and everyone to kind of um, sabotage Burke's job and everything. But then after she gets fired, I feel like Burke is going to be looking for a way to get back at Howard and expose him. And I feel like she might come in contact with this character, you know, Scrappy's mother, and potentially even, you know, something regarding the. Uh, the uh, the crown case, you know, she's going to be looking for dirt basically to expose these people, and you know, by like find a way back onto the force. I think to onto the task force while exposing Howard. So I think you know, then if these characters may end up um, connecting, and she might use that as leverage because if you think about it, Scrappy being killed ties directly back to Howard because he is the one that told Raquel. Um, that she, that he saw her, uh, he saw uh, Scrappy at the police department. So that ties directly to Howard, and that would be a great way for her to get back at him. So I think that this might be something that happens uh, in in the next season. Um, everything else is, you know, is uh, it could go uh, either way. Um, I do think that Lulu. He might be one of the only characters to want to separate himself. You know, I do believe that he's going to try, at least try to separate himself and distance himself from the family based on what happened with Raquel, um, you know, and, and the scene that they had. Um, but I think he won't be able to do it for too long. I, I think uh, Jessica might actually end up coming back too. Um, and, you know, I think he he's going to have like a, his confidence is going to be bruised. His ego is going to be bruised for a little bit. And he's going to have to kind of pick himself up to want to 
to to do the business again and everything the the the, the music and maybe Jessica is one of the people who actually ends up inspiring him and maybe this might tie into famous's uh storyline somehow because it could go two ways either famous starts recording music again and lulu starts helping him or famous ends up getting killed very early on and which is why jessica even comes back and then you know maybe uh those two characters kind of distance themselves together from from the family and start doing their own thing. But I do think eventually it's going to come full circle and they will end up having to, uh, you know, side with the family again. Um, How that happens, I don't know, because there could be so many different things. There could be new characters introduced, you know, new stories and everything. But I, I just think Lulu is going to definitely be on his own kind of pathway in this next season. Um, and, uh, I think Marvin is going to like, Marvin is a writer. Um, we saw, you know, Rich mentioned, you know, how he, he pulled out the big, you know, the big assault rifle or whatever, you know, he's a writer. He is going to ride for the family no matter what, you know, he like, and the fact that the, the Sal and the Italians are coming after the family, he is going to be there to help them, you know, and to protect them especially when, you know, Jukebox is also part of the family and that's his daughter and everything. So he is going to be around, but I I also think he is going to be the voice of reason now. Like he has learned so much in this season and I feel like his growth is going to be an essential part of the family um, in season three, you know, so he's going to be like a voice of, of reason for everyone. So while everyone is going to be like having murderous intentions, like, oh, let's kill these people right now or whatever. Marvin is going to be the one to calm them and make them see reason a little bit. And, um, you know, this could lead to a pathway where maybe he meets his demise. But, you know, because in war, you can't be too soft as well, you know. So maybe his his story continues from this season and he's, you know, he's, uh, even though he's helping the family, He's also trying to be too fair in his judgment and, you know, just like he was with Sam and maybe that backfires on, on him and he actually meets his demise. Um, I don't want him to die, but it's just, you know, you never know. Um, it seemed like he was going to go this season. So um, it seems like they were flirting with the idea of killing him, but I, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, And then, you know, um, so yeah, with Howard, I definitely think he's going to be more integrated in Raquel's, uh, you know, business and everything. Now, Raquel's business isn't exactly functional at the moment. Like she doesn't have a connect, so things are kind of falling apart. So I think with that, you know, she is at, in a position where she has to align herself with Howard, and he is also in a position where he has to align himself with her because their secret, their dirty laundry is, is, you know, in risk of being exposed. So these two characters need each other. And, but I, I don't see it. It's not going to be easy them cooperating because there's Kanan involved too. And we know that Kanan, um, you know, he is Howard's son. So I think there's going to be a lot of parent parenting conflicts there. 
um, you know, one, one side versus the other sort of thing, like where Raquel wants to instill her values and protect Kanan, but Howard also wants to do things a certain way as well. So I think that is going to cause a lot of conflict, even though those two characters have to cooperate. So uh, there could be some very intense, you know, some very entertaining drama there. Um, and uh, yeah, a unique. Um, I don't know what to say about unique. I definitely think he is going to be part of the Alliance, the Avengers, but I don't know where he is going to go from there. Like whether it's going to be a, a Ghost and Tommy situation where they team up for, for the moment, but then they end up, you know, um, on opposite sides later on, you know, um, because if you look at Unique's journey at the, you know, in season one, he was like the main competition in this season, you know, obviously uh, the whole thing happened where he was framed for Howard's murder by Raquel and um, he got out in this season and then he, he got payback basically by, you know, working his way into the deal with Saul and now he's back aligned with Raquel. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a very back and forth kind of thing. And it, it reminds me a lot of Ghost and Tommy. Um, so I hope that they don't push that too far and, and cause it can get easily played out if you keep, you know, putting these characters at odds and then putting them back together again, like that starts to get played out. So I hope that whatever they choose to do with these characters, you know, they stick to it basically, you know, are they going to be working together or aren't they, you know, make a solid decision. Uh, maybe unique even ends up being taken out next season, you know, um, because, because if you, if you think about it, even though he is a very interesting character and Joey badass does a, a fantastic job playing him, he is a character that is disposable. If you really think about it, like he, he, his role is disposable. Now he did he did have some key moments where he changed the traje trajectory of the story and everything, but he is also disposable. Like he, you don't need him to advance the main plot of the story. So um, he could actually be taken out in the next season. You know, he he's at risk of being taken out. I think, um, especially if the writers can't figure out anything interesting for the character to do. I, I feel like that could happen. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much my main predictions for, for season three. So very interested to get some uh, from uh, you two now. So um, let me go to, uh, I'll go to you first, Rich. Let us know if you have any uh, predictions. Those are some very well thought up uh, predictions, Gary. I feel like you are a writer on the show with some of those uh, ideas. Uh, let me go ahead and start off by responding to the Joey Badass uh, unique comment. Um, there's a very important thing that happened in this episode that we haven't touched upon, and that is that when Unique had his conversation with Morel, he said he wants to get out of the drug business and go into something else. That is a very important detail. Because that can be how you tell his story next season when we find out what is this other venture that he decides to get into. I also think it's interesting how we learned about the Cartier character and what he was doing in his business, but yet you didn't see how that character is no longer here. So it's easy 
I think that was put in there to give you an idea of ways that other people are creating businesses without fully being involved in the drug scene. And that also may explain as to how they're going to handle Unique going into season three. So I don't think the character uh, is going to go quite yet. I do agree that he can go at any time. And that's and that's actually a good thing when you feel as though a character can go any time because it will keep the viewers on the edge of the seat. But uh, I think Unique, um, we're going to see him figure out his role going into season three. And I don't think he's going to get taken out yet. It can happen, but I don't think it's going to happen next season. It might, it might be a little bit, while, a little while before that. And then, then also, this whole relationship with Raquel. As I said earlier, he did save her in this episode. There is something there, and again, establishing that this is for Southside, that now they are in agreement that they have to work together to get rid of the Italian. So I feel as though that is their main goal going into season three, to deal with Sal, take out Sal at all costs and find a way to handle that situation. As for uh, the whole Kanan, Howard, and Raquel situation, I do feel as though they will try to come up with a way to, as you said, sabotage Burke. And I definitely agree that that character will get fired next season. I do think that I can see that season ending, however, with her getting killed, and somehow them thinking that Howard has something to do with that. So that would be a whole other situation that Howard would have to deal with moving forward. But um, I do want to see something happen to Burke next season because, again, the character is obsessed for no reason to take out Howard. And if they're not going to explain further what her motivations are, then it's better off to get rid of her, either fire her or kill her entirely because it, it doesn't make any kind of sense. So hopefully that is what happens next season. As for Marvin, uh, I agree Marvin is a great character. I don't quite think that Marvin's time has come yet. I like I like what you say, Gary, about him being a voice of reason, and he possibly will be a changed person going into season three. But again, th- their whole goal right now is to retaliate against the Italians. Um, for that reason, I mean, I don't really think I don't really see the Italians taking out any of the main characters. To be quite honest with you, I, I think it can happen. Can Sal take out somebody like a unique or a Marvin, whatever? Sure, but I don't see that happening. Because I think if they work together, they can easily take out the Italians within the first half of next season. Then the whole issue is figuring out how to deal with Joaquin and Tremont and that and that whole group right there. So if I had to make a guess, I would say my predictions for next season, they eventually do deal with the Italians. Uh you know, Stefano gets involved and you know, you're going to find out where his where his his actual uh who he, who he is aligned with better as we get deeper into that season. I do think famous time will, will be up. I know Dana says she doesn't want to see him get killed. I'm okay if he doesn't get killed, but uh, I think uh, last week we spoke about this whole situation with him, with killing, with him killing Freddie and what would happen if Burke got so desperate, and then she w- wanted to go to famous. That is the last line that she could go to. If she is unsuccessful, with getting Howard, Raquel, and Kanan to admit the, the the truth, she can then go to Famous because Famous saw the blood test. He saw that paperwork. And of course, she she acknowledges and she says, Hey, I know that you were involved in, in somebody getting murdered. That she can make try to make him talk. 
And that would set a path in motion where Kanan will have to deal with Famous at that point if he starts speaking up and talking about stuff. So as I said, there's a lot of different directions that they can go into. Um, I don't really know too many other predictions because, again, the way they wrote this season, they did a fantastic job because they made you think that they can do a lot of different – the story can go in any direction. And I want to see the exact same thing happen going into season three. But uh, I will say this. I look forward to seeing season three. Hopefully 50 Cent, as you said, Gary, he is still consulting. So hopefully 50 Cent will still be involved. But yeah, I look forward to season three. But man, we got to wait a a long time before we see that. We're talking about maybe next summer at the latest. But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a while still, and we we got some other shows before then, you know, like Ghost Book Two and uh, and Force, which the people are talking about right now in the chat. I see, uh, not 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 some good things being said about Force, but <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Well, um, uh, well, uh, well, unfortunately, we are going to be forced to watch that second season before we see this show. So uh, <laughs> that's that's rather unfortunate. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> there you go. Rich is the master of the puns. So there you go. But uh, Dana, what is your uh, predictions for, for season three? Really, really quickly, Jeremiah said, Force finished filming after that terrible first season. I wonder where they're going to go. They're going into the trash. That's where they're going. Um, <laughs> I kid. We love Force. Thank you, stars, for Force. Um, No, first of all, by the way, it's Academy Award winner, Joey Badass. Just want to put that out there. Um, Academy Award winner. He has a really interesting, I think, dynamic for season two, three. For the simple fact that we don't know where his motives are right now. And like I said previously, it seems like an only person who will kill you, Raquel, will be me type of situations. It said enemies, friends, frenemies, super friends. We don't know exactly what's going on between them. And I think at that moment, you know, they were kind of stuck and they needed each other. They needed, she definitely needed someone. She needed an ally and unique in that weird way. I feel one of two things. One, he really respected Raquel for what he was, what she was able to do to him in the previous season. The fact that she got him in jail almost for, what was it, murder? Uh, so that is a sign maybe of respect, but also at that same time, you still have to keep that one eye open um, because you don't know what he really is going to do or what this dynamic is really about. So I kind of like that. Again, what... Uh, um, Gary said previously, I don't want that back and forth where they're friends one year and they're enemies the next. And it does get tiresome after a while. I think right now it was a really great, refreshing surprise to see that happen. I do not want him to die. Um, I like him very much. But I do think that right now it would be great for maybe for him just to help her. And then we did have that conversation previously if he wants to get out of the business. My issue with that was I don't know how sincere he truly was about that situation. Because remember to me, it was like he was always just lying in the cut, but he made his moves completely off screen, especially in terms of with the Italians. I will always say Italians because the way how he says that is just funny to me. Um, 
So that whole situation where I think he was trying to set everybody up so that he would come out as the ultimate winner. Um, so I don't know whether or not that was true. He really wants to step away from the business. And, and at the same time, I really felt like he was forced to partner with, with Raquel because of the death of Rorel. They were close. They were like brothers, you know, and I expected him to die multiple times because we didn't know where Rorel was at with their relationship. Remember, he was bouncing around between Unique and also with Raquel, but his, his allyship always relied on Unique. Um, so with him completely gone and we're not able to build from there, he may actually end up forming that relationship again with Raquel. I do not want any romantic situations. I know you guys are like, yeah, everyone bangs. And I'm like, no, not them. You don't have to bang everyone on the show. Um, a Tyler Perry movie. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Um, secondly, on top of that, this is what I wonder. When Raquel had that entire breakdown situation with Lulu and she was like, I own you. It, Happened to be at that very moment when she threw the vase with the flowers because remember, she lost everything. That was supposed to be her celebratory day. We're like, yay, I want everything. I'm the queen of, of Manhattan, no, Queens and of New York City in general. Remember when we saw her in, in season one finale, how she was kind of looking over at the kingdom as everything was on fire, that she set on fire and watching the police run and track down what was going on and how it was like splayed out, all dead and whatnot. We thought he was dead, but he had that miraculous turn. Um, and now we see like the downfall of that queendom that she thought was hers is now is not hers. She's... It really seemed like that situation with Lulu was just bad timing. Wrong place, wrong time. He went to confront her about, you know, oh, you bought my company. And at the same time, she just lost everything. And I think that I own you. She did not, I think, if everything kind of went her way, she did not mean that as aggressive and angrily. Yes, she still was able to get Lulu's company even before she lost what she threw her kingdom, basically what you would describe it as. Um, but in a weird way, maybe even though she never respected what Lulu was going through with the, with the record industry side of the business, it was a situation where the business was kept in the family. You know, by having that Cartier, oh, uh, now I own that 15%. Maybe she always set up for Cartier to die and for to set up certain things where Cartier would sign off and be like, well, Mar Lulu doesn't have any money. He doesn't have any kind of like backing. So she'll go, he'll go to Cartier and sign that over. And then she'll end up tricking in Cartier to sign over whatever assets he had to her. Maybe in a weird way, it was keeping everything in the family. Um, if you looked at it, in like a positive way, even though she always said, you know, it's a hobby and I basically, I don't respect you and I never will respect you. Um, in a weird way, like, you know, family is weird. It was really just keeping all of the money in the business in the family. Maybe I don't know because we did have the Marvin jukebox situation where he literally choked out his daughter and could technically literally kill her. Maybe they will reconcile 
definitely not now. Maybe in season four. But we can somewhat go towards that path. I think right now everyone is just upset and they he needs a break from her and she needs a break from him. So I don't think that that reconciliation is something that's going to be on everyone's mind at the moment. But we could work our way towards that much later on. I don't know. Um, in terms of Marvin and Jukebox, I want their relationship to still grow. But here's the thing. At the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, what is going to be that, that next domino piece to fall for Jukebox so that she ends up becoming the hardened person that she is in the original Power series. I really do want her to have some happiness. And then you really look at what she's been through. None of that has been really happy. You had the Kenya situation, but that ended up being temporary, as we all saw with the church thing. And then now she's dead. And I think she's going to process that grief because even though she didn't get to know her mother the way that she liked to, there are those moments that they did share before it became completely rotten that she could hold on to. And, and now that she's dead, there will never technically be any closure. So she probably might have to work through that grief and through that process. I just want, I, I want Jukebox, I really do, to just be happy. For just one season, can she just be happy? She's gone through so much. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that. On top of that, what is going on with, with Nicole's dad? I don't know if he's going to like completely walk away because she did say, you know, I was the one who supplied her with drugs or if he's going to turn into a, a, a basically a, a Karen version. So I guess it would be a kin. Do we call, do we call men kins and is it kins and Karens? I don't know. He could be a, he could be a kin to the Karen. Uh, so you have that situation. Burke, just kill her. I'm so sick and tired of her. Um, but again, you can't kill her because the cop. But I just want her in jail. Just throw her in jail. Lock away the key. We don't ever have to think I didn't see her again. Um, also, in terms of famous, some you guys said previously he could start rapping about that and it turns into another situation where, oh, we're going to pin all the murders on you. It could it could be like that. I don't know. Um, but it would give Famous a, a storyline. Not to say he didn't have a storyline now, but I want him to go somewhere other than the bum friend. And I know I was like, he's a kid. He's a kid who's a bum. I want him to go somewhere other than the bum friend. Um, the whole, also on top of that, the whole Lulu music business. You ever seen someone who has a lot of passion but maybe not necessarily the talent for it. Speaking of Ziza for one second, the whole beat, remember she was like, listen to my mixtape, listen to the beat. The beat she created was better than any of the beats that Marvin did, not, yeah, Lulu did. You know, so your heart may be like, I want to be a music producer, but your talent is like, no. So maybe you can go into something else. Maybe be a knitter good at knitting i don't know but right now it's not music industry and famous is the fake lloyd banks uh, someone said ja rule who uh, poor ja rule um yeah i don't see and then when you have someone not talented not talented famous and and lulu 
I don't know whether or not they're going to make it a big dynamic. Maybe they'll end up being the Millie Vanilli of the show. So who knows? But to me, it just seems like that music business is not is not happening unless some miracle ends up coming through. And I don't know exactly what's going on with Famous, because remember, when Famous did have that mixtape, no one wanted that tape. Remember, it was Kanan who had to pair the drugs with the mixtape. And then they left it. The pictures were all on the ground and the people were smoking the crack. And it was like Famous was just right there. His face was all plastered all over the, the, the whole ground. I wonder if that's going to also come into play as well when they start investigating the shooting that happened with Freddie. Or maybe Freddie will just be one of those situations where we just no longer talk about. Because there's been so many times that we've seen people murdered. And no one really brings it up again. I don't know. Also, on top of that, we have the crown situation with the perfectly laminated business card that was just sitting in the bottom of the lake for all that entire time. Uh, they have to start pinning it on something. And so I wonder if they if Lulu, because of that body, may have to start coming back to the family and be like, hey, I need some help. But he's so disgusted. I don't know what's going on. He could maybe blames it on Raquel as payback. So there's so many ways that this can go, which is something that I really liked because the writers have kind of given us so much without answering everything that this and people's motives are kind of all over the place, which is a good thing that I can't say for sure this and this and this is going to happen because I genuinely do not know. We need Dana to write for force because the writers were terrible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but um, I more like the rap team. Y'all are funny in this chat. Um, yeah. So I, I, I just don't know what's really going to happen. And I do think this, one thing I will say about Raquel is Sasha Penn did an interview. Obviously not with me. Stars, if you're listening, can I please have another interview with Sasha Penn to be like, what's going on with season three? Thank you. Um, he did mention that for Raquel, she will have to balance that family and work life. And work, of course, obviously means the drug business. Um, but what's really interesting is that you cannot have that 50-50 balance, period. I don't care how much of a super mom person that you is, because the second that you say you put your focus on, even if it's for one day, one day I'm going to focus on the business. You're going to miss something about the family. And the second that you focus on the family, you're going to miss something about the business. This is just plain basic facts of life. If I'm, you know, taking care of my crying kid, I can't really focus on my project that I have to do at work. So I don't think that she's going to be able to balance both of that. And we've seen her kind of slip up with this at the moment. The family has gone a little bit awry. And while she may be focusing on family for season three, because everything is so fractured, something is going to miss out with the business side of things. And that's when we see someone else rise into power. And I don't know who that is. That's a good thing. Maybe it's it's Tony Danza's character because he is in season three. Uh, maybe Burke actually catches a break and something happens, even though I don't know you're in game. Even if you're just a racist and don't like black people, at least that's an in game. I don't even know you're in game, but something could happen there. And so I do feel <clears throat> that the work-life balance is going to, 
be completely fractured and something has got to give. And at this moment, I feel the family may need her wee bit more than the business, especially her son, especially Kanan. So that is, I think that's all of the major characters that, that I've touched on. So I, I don't know what else is going to, she's not racist, just a nutty one. <laughs> it's true. All right. Excellent predictions. Um, yeah, that would we. You guys got a lot of predictions from us. So what I want everyone to do is, you know, leave your comments as well. Let us know your predictions, you know, especially if you're listen, listening to this after the fact um, and you wasn't here live. Definitely uh, drop your predictions. Let us know what you think is going to happen in the future uh, on, on Raising Canaan. But uh, yeah, that is going to be it for, for, for this episode. We thank you all very much for... Uh, you know, participating and and being a part of the chat. There was there was so many comments today. Like there was a lot of uh, it was very active. So thank you very much. Uh, I can't think of a better way to you know kind of end off this season of Racing Canaan than to have the the people with us. You know, um, sharing in this recap and everything. Um, and you know, of course, we will be back very soon. You know, in a few weeks in November. Um, the the date, the actual date, hasn't been announced yet for uh, book two, Ghost season three, but we expect that the announcement and possibly a trailer is coming very soon. Um, and you know, we we of course will be back to cover that show too. Um, but yeah, uh, very good, very great season of uh, Raising Canaan here. Uh, this this probably one of my favorite seasons of all the spinoffs. Like I think it actually is my favorite season of all the spin-offs so far, like, you know, including book two ghost and, and, uh, force, you know, this, this season, the raising Canaan season two was my favorite of, of all of them. So yeah, great job to uh stars and the writing team and everyone involved. Um, so yeah, before we end off, uh, Dana, do you have any quick shout outs or anything you want to mention quickly? Thank you for everyone for participating. Um, this has been a really fun season and an excellent show. I absolutely love this. Ghost, again, you win my favorite comment about uh, food stamps. That will forever be with me and I will laugh myself to sleep. So thank you so much for that. Um, and of course, we will be covering more stars production of the Power Universe whenever they decide to drop. We don't have a date for that yet. So um, maybe definitely I think 23, something will be back for sure. Um, so just keep sticking with us. Book two, Ghost is next year. Yes, we do have Ghost, and that actually is a good show. All of them are good, except for, you know, Force. But it is what it is. Um, so once again, thank you. Again, we have way more content that is coming up. I can say this because there is no embargo. That's how much faith Marvel has. I will be back tomorrow. You can look for the video with my immediate screener, which is not screener, but immediate reaction to Black Panther, Wakanda forever. We'll see what, what's going on with that. And um, once again, yes, the BMF documentary is airing. Please check out, I did some very lovely uh, interviews with the creators 
of BMF documentary series where we talk about balancing what really happened and how that actually is in contrast with what's going on with the show for BMF, the TV show, the series. Also, we talk about the Flannery brothers. We talk about what really happened with Big Meech and Little Meech and how it all came together and how they really wasn't able to get every everything because remember, murders here are real this time. So you don't wanna really be blabbing your mouth about, yeah, Pookie shot Dookie and then Lulu shot Poo Poo. I don't know, but the fact is, is that you, you can't talk about everything. But I was able to have a very lovely interview so there are three videos of that for the documentary series for BMF. If you want to check that out, thank you so much. And just overall, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Awesome. I can't wait for uh, the Black Panther reactions. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to hit you up and get a first-hand take on that. But um, go ahead, uh, Rich, let us know your shout-outs. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to everybody that uh, was able to make the live today. We appreciate all your comments, your continued support. Uh, always fun having these discussions, even more so when we can do it with the people. So we'll definitely do more of these in the future. And as uh, Dana and Gary mentioned, we will be back for Power uh, Book 2. Was it? it is Book 2. Yeah, Power Book 2 Ghost. Uh, we, in the future, we will be back for Force. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not looking forward to Force, but uh, yeah, book two goes for sure. But um, thank you all for your continued support and all your excellent comments and uh, hope that y'all have a great evening and we will talk to you again very soon. Indeed. So, you know, have a great evening, everyone, and rest of the week. And uh, definitely uh, continue to leave your comments. Let us know your, your thoughts and theories. And uh, thank you once again for joining us and we, we'll be back soon. So take care, everyone. Peace.